It's the world's finest and we sliding in vaginas If you don't believe it, nigga, you can Spotify us Robert Gable Jr., he the Lex Luthor of these hoes Cassius Samuel's a pimp, you better leave your bitch at home We on the air going crazy on the daily Roasting all the bullshit that's going on lately A 80-year-old lady shot by Israelis and the Raiders Trying to contract Tom Brady We can take it anywhere, we don't have a compass It don't even matter, every topic, every subject, we gon' touch it And y'all gon' love it so welcome to Uncommon Sense, a podcast about nothing. That shit is dope as fuck. Every time I hear that that beat, that song. Every time. Every that shit time. Is dope. As soon as you come in, that first line. That first line gets me every time. And what did you guys just think about that animated intro uh, a surprise out of nowhere? That's something my man Cash has been cooking up for a little bit now, I want to say. Um, you've been sending me little screenshots and little little, little rough drafts and things behind the scenes. Like, this is going to be dope. This is going to be dope. I kind of had a feeling it wasn't going to happen because, you know, I'm suspicious of everything. Anything good happening our way, something bad is going to happen. It's going to fall through. But you sent me that final video, man, and that was some... Some serious stuff, man. So kudos to you, man. Let me get a let me get an air horn for you and plug whoever did that real quick if you could, sir. I forget who it was, but it was, <laughs> we the, are it was the worst. Some, some dude off for uh fucking freelance freelancer.com and shit. I forget his name. It was some some dude I think in Brazil did it. But yeah, it took a it took a minute to get it all together and brought to fruition, but it's fucking here and it was dope. Love it and shit, man. But mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. We got a show for you today, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, let me tell you. But let me go ahead and start this off like we usually do, get it cracking. Welcome to Uncommon Sense, a podcast about nothing, where unpopular ideas and opinions about the world's current events can be exchanged in a judgment-free zone with respect, integrity, and humorous, unfiltered honesty. Yeah, yeah. So if you are easily offended by real talk, let me let you know right now, this is not the podcast for you, and you should get the fuck up off the RSS feed right now, you dig? Get to getting, because this is definitely not the podcast for you. You got in the shallow end or the deep end, and you can't swim, so please get out. Doggy pedal your ass out the pool. Real talk, but as always, I am one half of the world's finest, who barely ever slides into vaginas, regardless of what the theme song says, uh-huh. Cassius Samuels. And I'm sitting across the room from my homie. Robert Gable Jr., a.k.a. the Lex Lutheretti's host. Mm-hmm. And as always, in here, in spirit, is the third member of the podcast, Trifecta, Sean Threats, the homie that you uh, were, that helped us with the beat that you heard in- intro the podcast today. Oh, yeah, he really he really brought his A-game, too. We hit him up on the fly. We really thought Gmail was going to bang that out in the weekend. Hot. Uh, we love you, Gmail, but we, we should have known we were working on rapper time and shit. But we, we, we really uh, put uh, triple threats to engineer to the work. We hit him, made him uh, pound out a beat over the weekend. And he came back, I think, what, 24 hours with yeah. that dope-ass shit? Somewhere like, around that. Yeah, yeah. Much love to him. Um, everything you do for the podcast, man. So really always rem- remember the third man in the crew. Never forget. And you know... We got a dope show lined up for y'all today, man. For real, for real. For I real. think that's underselling. I think we have the best show we have ever done about to be going down today. I really do. I really do. I feel it in my bones, man. I feel it in my bones. I'm shaking, man. I got the like, Michael J. Fox, man. I'm shaking over here, man, a little bit. I'm moving, man. He's I can't already opening it. up with the fucking Michael J. Fox jokes, bro. <laughs> I'm like, we're not going to get canceled this episode. Let's try not to get canceled five minutes in. Five minutes in. I'm sorry, I love Michael. this guy, man. I love this guy. And yeah, I'm not gonna try to cancel him this episode. It's all it's all uh, it's all love in the atmosphere, man. Even though he's gonna he's gonna get, hit me with the funnies. But you know, we're gonna hit you with everything we, we usually do. Everything popping in pop culture, you know, we're gonna yep. wild out with some flagrant fuckboy talk. 
we're going to hit you with some updates from the underground. You know what I mean? I love so, that new segment. As always, don't forget there are timestamps in the description of every episode. So if you want to skip to that specific part of the podcast and listen to what you want to hear on demand, man, feel free. Because we understand you got mm. a life going on. You know, life comes at you fast. You got kids. You got work. You got side hustles. You got side chicks, side dudes. We understand. Just hit that timestamp, man. You can just listen to whatever you want. Also, don't forget to hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe because it helps us tremendously when we're trying to monetize this thing, if you want me to be honest with you, because we, we are trying to monetize this shit at some point. So help we, us out. And we, we are a brand new podcast, too. And we're doing great on Spotify, Apple Music, everything else. Anybody will tell you growing something on YouTube is a painful and slow process. So especially to all you... Twisted Serial Killers uh, uh, signing in just to listen to the Jamie Madrox interview. If you don't listen to a second else of this podcast, trust me, we understand. Still, if you could show some love, whoop, whoop, hit that subscribe button. Please smash it. Smash the sub button. You don't even have to watch a video in the future. Just smash it. Show some love to one of the best underground podcasts out there. We appreciate it. For sure. And as my partner in podcast crime Uh-oh. has already alluded to, we have a special treat for you today, man. Uh-oh. But Man. before we get to that, you know, it, we have to acknowledge this is a special treat that was only made possible by our newfound partnership with the Up Your Geek Media Network. Mm. So from the bottom of my heart, I want to send out one of the most sincere and special shout outs to the homie, Lamar Kane, and thank him for the opportunity to take this thing to new heights because with his help and his resources together with our creative power and creative ingenuity and our resources and plugs and connections of our own, we have been able to form this conglomerate of conquistadors. Mm. You like that alliteration? I love everything you just said because we just literally went through the podcast or the podcast docket of everything we needed to say. We did not mention that. And that was one thing I wanted to stress. So one, good job, man. You on your mm. shit today. We on it today. Mm. Mm. But yes, uh, uh, not to bury the lead, we have decided to unify and make a deadly alliance with Lamar Kane, CEO of Up Your Geek. Um, Up Your Geek has been doing a lot of things. He's, he's made it a legitimate company to combat um, clickbait and other cancerous elements in the nerd, entertainment, pop culture, media, um, journalism niche of the uh, uh, entertainment world. And he's doing a wonderful job at just like growing anything that's new out there. It takes time. It takes patience. And it's slow going. So what we're going to do is we already have our foot in Facebook. We have some massive pages. We have some massive uh, presence online in a lot of places. We're going to unify, use his plugs and his connection with ours and kind of make this just unified nerd world order and just kind of take it over. And it's already moving masterfully. Like uh, Suge, I like to call him Suge Kane. But Suge Lamar, Kane. Uh, already hooked us up with some press passes. So we already got into two comic cons that we're going to try to uh, <laughs> network in there. What was that little shahee Michael Jackson giggle. Because I've got this me. picture of Lamar in, in, in the classic Suge night pose on the, on the uh, stage. Like, yo, you tired of Fandom Wire always up in your articles? <laughs> you tired of motherfucking... Heroic Hollywood, making you copy and paste your, 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 your content. Right, right, right. Come to Up Your Geek. <laughs> <laughs> Pulled out the 90s classic quotes, man. Nice. And that's, that's what he's doing, too. And we, we're getting the best in the biz that did work with Heroic Hollywood and Fandom Wire, the good elements of these sites, and kind of just bringing them all together to combat it. And I think we're going to make something big. Like, I yeah, really man. do. For real. But I, from the bottom of my heart, especially on the Twisted interview, before we get to that, like... Um, I'm not going to bury the lead. Full disclaimer, full disclosure, and it's something I even go into the podcast or the interview uh, about. 
uh, for so full journalistic integrity here. I'm a massive fan of Twisted. They've been my favorite band since 1999. Um, so for Lamar to hook this up and to do it so legitimately, like I didn't think it was legitimately happening until I heard Jamie Madrock's voice come over the phone like this, like, what's up, guys? And I'm like, oh, man, this is really happening. It's like, we're really doing it with Up Your Geek. So, Lamar, thank you. We're going to do some big things in 2020. 2020 Vision's a real thing. So check us out, guys. Hell yeah. On to the interview? So on to the the epic moment in question, sir? Or should we drag this out any longer for these poor bastards? A little bit more of a drag out just because to let them know there was supposed to be an interview scheduled with both Jamie and Monoxide. Monoxide Child. Uh, but, but due to scheduling conflicts, we were unable to make that happen. So we got we got one half of the wickedly infamous underground Detroit rap legend group. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And that's I just wanted to let everybody know that's the reason why we didn't get both because we were supposed to have both, but just because of you know time constraints and stuff like that, that's why we didn't get both. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, enjoy the show as we present to you none other than Magic Ninja Entertainment's own Jamie Madrox from Twisted. Let's do it. Hello, hello, hello. Is this Jamie by any chance? Yes, it is indeed. How you doing? Hey, pretty good, Mr. Madrox. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing very well, man. Hey, we really do appreciate you taking the time on giving us a call back and uh, uh, working out. I know we had a little bit of some miscommunicado going on with the uh, time frame here, so we really do appreciate you giving us two calls a day to spend some time with us. So thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you guys' time as well, man, including me in the show. I appreciate it. Hell yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And just so you know, you are talking to Robert Gable Jr. and Cassius Samuels. We do represent um, Uncommon Sense, a podcast about nothing, and Up Your Geek. And we definitely wanted to take some time to talk to you about a lot of things. Number one, but Astronomicon. Uh, or not Astronomicon, but um, excuse me, Haunted Highons. But definitely want to talk about Astronomicon and anything I could just milk that uh, big giant brain of yours with. Uh, we definitely want to get that going today. <laughs> Right on. Okay, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think I'm up for this challenge. I think I, I think I'm ready for it. All right, absolutely. And first and foremost, I do want to get this out of the way. Full disclosure, here at Uncommon Sense, a podcast about nothing, we do pride ourselves about um, the fact that we are hard-hitting journalists. You're not going to get any hard-hitting journalism here because uh, they are my favorite band. Um, so uh, Jamie could tell me he just nuked half of Detroit, and my follow-up question is going to be, what's your opinion about rainbows? Like, I'm going to toss him some softball questions today, everybody. Um, but seriously, Jamie, I am a, I've been a diehard fan since 1999, man, so it really does uh, mean a lot to me. More uh, I can convey into words uh, from the bottom of our hearts, that's cold as ice and broken twice. Again, we do appreciate your time with us. But without further ado... Much love and respect. I got it. Bang, bang, bang. Much love and respect. That's, <laughs> hey. that's fucking awesome. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. I can tell he's really excited to speak to you, bro. <laughs> I've only wet myself twice in anticipation. So that's, that's awesome, man. That's fucking great. I love it. But we do. I'm really excited about getting to the heart of the matter. And that's uh, talking about Haunted High Ons, which has definitely been a surprise mega hit. And I say surprise only because I'm pretty sure you could put your brand on pregnancy tests and they would sell, let alone comic books that is within your wheelhouse. But this has exceeded everybody's expectations. Um, I think you guys uh, blew past your Kickstarter goal by 300%. You sold out at every brick-and-mortar store nationwide, and it's been a massive hit with uh, both fans and critics. So if you could, in your own words, Jamie, just kind of give a brief um, uh, synopsis of what Haunted High Ons is to the readers, if you could. And basically, um, it, it, it was an, an idea concept from a brother monoxide. Um, he, he wanted us to be these uh, would-be ghost hunters 
that that essentially really don't know uh, what we're doing, and we think that maybe it's all you know bullshit, and we come to find out that there's some really spooky shit happening out in the world, and uh, it kind of brings light to our situation. And of course, the uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say the high ons part uh, brings light to um, the, the the partaking of of uh, of enhancement. <laughs> I, I, you know, which which uh, which kind of opened up a, a whole door to um, I, I want to say like this tongue in cheek kind of campiness to where we're we're allowed to be a little more comedic and everything doesn't have to be straight serious. Like even the Winchester brothers have a little tongue in cheek to them. There's a little camp there, but I think that's why it's such a success is because you know if anything can't be so serious with everything. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. people will pick everything apart. Your timeline doesn't match up to what, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Believe Absolutely. me, the fandoms are crazy so, these so, days. What's that? I'll say, yeah, the, the fandoms are crazy these days. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like they, they, they hold everything to like this, this, this special critique. And, and I appreciate that. You know what I mean? So, so that's why I like the idea that, you know, we're, we're more or less allowed to be ourselves, uh, you know, through the, through the high on portion of it. And, uh, and, and, you know, the haunted part just, just leads to all of the crazy misadventures that, that Jamie and Paul and, uh, and, and ghost partner Felicia. Felicia. uh, Fall into Absolutely. Yeah. And that's actually what yeah. I find so fascinating about it is that for a project, it's, it's, a com- it's a comedy book, it's a horror book, and it's a supernatural book. And, and you kind of touch uh, base on it a little bit, but the comic book medium is definitely dominated by spandex books, as we like to call them, cape and cow books, superhero books, even yeah. though horror books, especially like Tales from the Crypt and Atten- Adventures of the Unknown, especially in the 1940s, like comics really did find their origins in horror books. So it's really cool that you guys are finding your or uh, taking comics back to its roots and staying true to your brand as well. But do you find it hard to get these books out there in a market that's so dominated by spandex books? I would say just first, first of all, I have to, I have to admit I'm a fan of, of, of all the spandex books and not in, and, and I honestly do mean that like, like all of my favorites, the bat, like Batman and, and like all of the titles I still collect and X-Men and, and Spider-Man, I still, my heart goes to that, but, but just to have a, a what I've learned and, and I, and I don't know shit by any means. I don't claim to know shit. I just, I'm, I'm a spectator, not a hater, but what I've learned <laughs> Through my expectation is uh, is basically that it's impossible, not impossible. It's pretty fucking hard to get any comic book, whether it be a spandex book, whether it be a, a a horror story like you commented on, whether it be you know like some of these new psychological uh, reads that I've been put on to recently. But uh, all of them alike, it's hard to get into um, distribution, and mm-hmm. and we were blessed by by our. Um, our our comic label source point having this uh distribution through diamond which was a big big deal like for us like that was like man I oh yeah expl- i can't even express to you like diamond is is um uh, uh diamond is that 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 road to asgard you know what i mean like if you don't the diamond is that road you ain't getting into asgard without that road it's like Diamond is the is the track to get you into the mom and pop, the brick and mortars that you spoke about earlier on the show. It's like that is the key, and that was like quintessential into helping us be able to get to 
the people who don't, not everybody orders online. I know it's taking over things, but there's still a lot of militant people like myself. They're very Fred Flintstone minded. We want to go in the car and we want to go pick up our fucking full list. We don't want to have some rando drop it off at our door for the neighbor to steal. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that's actually crucial too, to get new readers to be in brick and uh, brick and mortar stores, because I may not pick up for your sure. book if I see it online, but if I can flip through a couple pages in a brick and mortar store, Hey, I might actually pick that up. You know what I mean? Agreed. No, absolutely agreed. And that's, and, and that used to be, I say used to because uh, times have changed a lot, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually happy to see that it is coming back around, but it's like that when you go in to a lot of the comic book shops um, again, now there's that, that lightness. It's, it's not so uptight and pretentious in there. Like it was before, like, they, like there used to be this, like you would go in there and and you would almost feel like small if you didn't know information or you would be belittled that you didn't know mm-hmm. these things. You know, it's like and those are the places where those are those are the, the, the churches, so to speak, where you go to get your knowledge. Like, hey, man, I'm a newbie. I love Spider-Man the movie. Where should I jump in on a reading level? Like, is there a fucking omnibus I should jump on or should I go online or what? You know, like. These are the people you look to for that quintessential information. So when some of them are snarky pricks, that kind of that put a real smear on the business, I think. And what I've noticed, because I go when when we're blessed to go on the road as Twisted um, on days off and even show days, I like to go about. And on my Instagram, I go to comic book shops. I show their, you know, their their header marquee. I go inside. I ask them if I can film. I talk to the owner, and then like at the end, I'll do like a quick review. And just like more times than not, people are are like total sweethearts. So mm-hmm. it's not like that as much anymore. I think I think maybe everybody got the post-it note. Maybe everybody got the note that it's like everything is dying, and 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 the more you help keep it alive, the longer it's gonna live. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, for for the people like myself who are just now kind of becoming aware of your journey through these comics, um, Mm -hmm. can you kind of share with us what kind of made you want to jump into the comic book game in the first place? Like, is it, is it something like a childhood dream or something along those lines or just the opportunity Mm. that presented itself and you took advantage of it? No, I, 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 for me to say like, like comic books in general have been in my DNA since, since a small child, I've always been, either with them or surrounded by them. My dad used to collect, uh, when he passed away, I got a gigantic collection. Um, most of, most of my growing up was, was in some of the comic book shops. So like I, I was exposed to a lot of things that perhaps a kid of my age at the time would have been a little more adult content like some of the more like punisher, you know, or, or something like that, that might've right. been, or like Nam or some of the, you know, you get where I'm going with yeah, it. Like yeah. some of the titles may have been a little advanced for me, but nevertheless, it was like I was I was privy to that kind of content, and I think it kind of just opened up new doors to me. And uh, I've always, you know, everything everything we do and emulate as Twisted um, is is walking, talking comic book characters. So it, it all kind of fits <laughs> mm-hmm. like a glove, and and you know, as an extension of who we are as people, but but at the same time that's only one layer of who Jamie and Paul are. So I like, I like these ideas like a comic book or um, like the, what we have going in play now with, uh, with Ken for, for trying to option it as a uh, animation is it gives 
me and Paul more platforms to showcase what we do so others can see, you know, maybe, maybe we're that diamond in the rough. You didn't know was there apparently, you know what I mean? Cause mm-hmm. we've been doing it for a long time and, and, you know, every day it's a little more exposure. Cause again, it's truly hard. Even, even with those diamond distributions and uh, having the greatest, you know, comic book company behind you, it's, it's really hard to get into the eye holes and ear holes and, and, and basically water cooler circles of some of these people that would be your potential target, our audience, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And um... so, so it's like, and it's like, we've been blessed in the regard to have a great core audience who's very, you know, receptive to a lot of the products we put out and, mm-hmm. and, and are very vocal about sharing it with other people. So that's been like a super duper blessing. And then again, like I said, just getting it in diamond distribution and getting it to the stores and showing that, you know, there is, there is a, there's a market for it. People are interested in this as a book and, you know, and, and things progress from there. So uh, all good things, you know, fingers and toes crossed. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think, I think the book really sells itself too, because it's, it's good. Like it's really good. Like That's with, awesome. with your guys' writing and Dirk Manning, who I got nothing but love and support for, um, really are just like the trifecta of, um, content creators when it comes to this book, because you guys really just mesh and vibe off each other well. And one thing that I kind of noticed is that it's really a good book for both hardcore fans like myself, who's lived and bleed, uh, blood twisted since the 90s, and like my man Cash here, who's just now becoming acquainted to your music. And I was wondering, like, was that a conscious decision to make it both accessible to both long-term fans and new fans or people that may not have heard of you all together? Was that a conscious decision? I would say I want to I, I want to say something cool like yes, but but I would, <laughs> say, I, I, would, I would mostly say that that would have been a Dirk play, okay. Um, which 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 again was was a smart ninja play on his on his behalf, which is why we work with him because he is the best. Oh, he's a man. But yeah. but, but but what I would say is I want to say yes because maybe not specifically for that very comic book, but in in the point with our music. And a lot of the other projects and stuff that we kind of put ourselves into, we like everything to be a certain jump on point. You never really want to try to alienate anybody or any type of audience because, you know, how I like to think about it is people that sing the praises of, of our music and what it helped them and how it helped them through their whatever time in their life and what have you. I, I like to say that if that was that special for you and it helped you, then why would you not want to share that with other people? Absolutely. Could not agree like, more. Like, for example, if you had the cure to cancer, how dare you just keep it? Like, why wouldn't you share it with people? Like, <laughs> and that, that's, that's my thinking. So, so in that regard, I like to make things, we like to make things to where it's kind of easy to literally just kind of jump in and be like, okay, I get the vibe of the scene. It's not too fast paced for me where, you know, I feel like right off the bat, I don't feel welcome. I'm out, you know, like right. we're, we're pretty much like that in, in, in all of our aspects, which I'm, I'm pretty proud to say that that's, that's cool that we mindful of it, I suppose. 
things, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Cognizant of anything. Yeah, totally. And I do want to talk about the show because I don't want to bury the lead. That is probably the biggest thing we're going to talk about today. But as a fan, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you this because I saw on your Astronomicon 3 panel with Mr. Dirk Manning that you guys announced that the next arc was going to be called The Curse of the Green Book. So any long-term Twisted fan probably is going to jump out of their Magic Ninja under ruse just at the name alone. Uh, But are we going to get anything from the Green Album book into, or the Green Album, uh, Green Book album into the book, such as are we going to see Ham Shabam possessing anybody? Is there going to be any bodies getting dumped in Marshall Lagoon? Is Robert's father finally going to get a two-piece and a biscuit? Like, I need some answers, Madrox. I mean, I mean, you've definitely done your homework. That I will say. <laughs> what, what, what I'd like, what I, I, I am not, I am not at liberty to give you any of these, uh, these, these perks or incentives. But I will say that Dirk is very mindful when when crafting his stories. He likes to. Um, there's something about how he goes and takes albums and, and like he kind of fleshes them out. Because a lot of the times uh, when me and Paul make a record, we just kind of record what we feel. And then afterwards, we kind of look at it like, you know, like a painting and we're like, well, what the fuck is it? You know what I mean? And then we kind of name it and, you know, it becomes a record you hear about. Right. You, you know what I mean? It's like, so in that regard, it's like he'll take one of those records and be like, this is what I heard in it. And this is where so so it's like those it's kind of refreshing, I guess, is what I'm trying to say is is his approach to the material. He kind of sources his his material from our back catalog and and stuff like that. But at the same time, he takes it in a fun, playful way where like how we discussed, where if you are uh, an OG fan, there are nods and Easter eggs to things that will will make you cheese and make you so very happy. Yeah, such as, and, uh, not limited to, guys, I just want to say a couple really quick uh, Easter eggs I loved in that book was um, uh, the Magic Ninja Studios seeing young, wicked cannoli thief, Dustin delivering a pizza tickled me because, yeah. you know, anything with Dustin yeah. is awesome. Um, the <laughs> AXE boys, though, and when they picked the door, and one, I loved how the artwork switched at the end. Uh, I'm not going to try to give away too many spoilers in case anybody didn't read the book. That's awesome. But when AXE got attacked by the mustard, I nearly died. Because if you know yeah. my boys, Ala Zulu, you know them in mustard. Man, that was yeah. killer. Yeah. And for and for and for Dirk to get all this and to get this from your music and from him being such a self-proclaimed metalhead too, and for him to understand something that's really not in his wheelhouse as well, I think one is a testament to how universal your music is, and two, how receptive it, uh, receptive Dirk is to uh, different cultures, music, and what have you, and it's just like an ear he has for things and the mind he has. I think is really impressive. I really do. Um, but one thing that I did want to ask you, because we heard the big news also at Astronomicon, and that is that you struck a deal with Mr. Ken F. Levin. Is that correct, Jamie? Yes, indeed. And uh, if you guys don't know, Mr. Ken Levin is the executive producer of AMC's The Preacher, one of my personal favorites, Amazon The Boys. And he is contracted, or you guys are partnering with him to do a potential animated series about Haunted High Ons, is it? It's true, yeah. And, and, and that's that was like a whole new level of the game and just, just really and truthfully showing one more, one more potential of, of something that a seed that we planted together as a team of ninjas that, that could potentially grow into something that's great with, with him. I see, I see great things, man. The sky's the limit. It looks like, um, well, 
with that in mind, what what are your end goals? What are, what's your end game for this vision that you guys have collectively look like? Like, what mm. what, what are you hoping to achieve at the end of this? Like, if you, you 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 look at this as a mountain you're trying to climb, when you get to the top of that mountain, how will you know? I mean, you know, I would like to think of it. I, I personally want to first of all say that everybody would have their own different opinion. I mean, from anybody on the creative team, I'm pretty sure we would all have a different outtake on it. My personal, um, I would love to see it become a series or mm-hmm. or a series of movies, either 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 like a season, a couple seasons, or or you know, long play movies, one or two with with some arcs and some to be continued kind of vibe. I think it's got legs like that. I Hell think. Yeah. Um, story is strong i think that what we've built so far is literally just just a start point of of some great things to come and i think there's a lot of really really killer things that we can pull off in animation that i just feel that the dollar is not there to do in real movies so like uh, felicia is a prime example i mean she can phase through walls just just like you know kitty pride and rose you know what i mean it's yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah 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 no it's it's no big, you know, it's animation. It's like, and, and it's the level of animation to, to where I'm, I'm curious now with my next thing is like, as we go into that stage, what kind of style, how, how will it look? That's how very will it watch? important. You know, these are all, these are all things that, that like I, I anticipate as not only just a guy who's, who's getting to see this dream become reality, but also as again, a spectator who wants to learn because like, I, you know, I'm like everybody else. I'm a nerdy. I love these things. I, I watch, I watch cartoon feature movies like they're, you know, cinema quality shit. You know, I'm like, fuck the Oscars and the Tonys. This is, I want to watch, you know, Dark Knight Returns, Frank Miller style cartoon. You know, this is what should be winning the award. Volume one How and volume two. Speak on it, Jamie. I'm saying, how did they do this? How did they pull it off? How did they get that dark? You know, like I heard some of the scenes in, uh, again, just nerdy things that blow my mind. Some of the original scenes in Batman, the animated series, they wanted it to be so dark that they painted all of the cells on black paper yes. so that everything. So the, I mean, it blows my mind, the procedure. I'm one of those guys, like from my artistic per- perception, I like to see how a person's procedure of what they do and how I can add that to my skill set. So like, I'm I'm blown away, dude. I am literally a sponge just waiting to soak up like all of the potential what could come of this, man. And I see a lot of great things, so I'm like super duper psyched. That's Are you a go- great answer? Yeah, oh, fantastic. You're not going to get anything else from Mr. Madrox, but um, and I know this is probably uh, <laughs> thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Grease some wheels up a little bit, if I may. Um, I know this is probably way too early in the game, but are you guys trying to shoot? Because I know you're trying to shoot for different mediums. You don't know exactly where you're going to land, but if it was up to you, Jamie Spaniolo, right now. If you could get it on TV, streaming, or a series of animated movies, what would be your personal preference for Haunted Ions? Hmm. And now, now when you say when you say TV or streaming, is that 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 those are those are real action, or you're assuming that those wouldn't be animated either? I'm assuming all or animated. Or yeah, an animated series oh. for TV, an animated series for like Netflix or Amazon mm-hmm. or animated movies. Yeah. You know, you know, the, the, the businessman in me says TV, mm-hmm. but I know that the, that the source content right off the bat in the title is, is too, it's not going to fly mm-hmm. in, in, in my, in my true nerdy heart of heart. 
it's it's an adult swim kind of deal. Ooh, it's, good call. It's, it's one of those. It's one of those where like um, it, I feel I feel it could grow amongst you know like the Aqua Teen Hunger Force or shit like that. Like I feel it could exist in that as like um, if you remember like the Max from MTV. Yeah, yeah, the Max. Of, yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of, kind of existed and or around Beavis and Butthead. It was kind of like which kind of ushered in Spawn and all that cool shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like I feel like I feel like those are people who took again bold steps. Like if you would have asked Sam Keith, you know, like do you want the, the the Max to be on TV on MTV or whatever, and he's probably like, oh shit, I don't know. But when MTV was like, hey, look, we have this thing in between Eon Plus and Eon Eason, like, I'm fucking on. Sign me up. You know what I mean? It's like, as, we, as we all would, as we all would, who has heart in a character or a storyline or something that you put so much of your time and effort into, you want everyone to see it. You're so very proud of it. Like, I want, put me on the highest fucking pedestal. Where will, where will the most people see me at? You know what I mean? No, absolutely. It's how, it's how, it's how I should be minded. But, you know, I kind of feel that I'm one of those people where I like I like the underground vibe a little bit more. I like to have to go to the places to look for my comic books or, or my content. So it could be it, it could be just as cool to see it survive on a Netflix or a Hulu or some sort of exclusive platform like that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Do you guys plan on voice acting it yourselves in regards to that? Uh, you know, that's the point. It's like, as far as everything goes right now, I'm just really, I'm really just like open to listen to any type of whatever people have in mind for it. You know what I mean? Like literally at this point, I'm, I'm all ears and just overexcited with how, again, how the workings of, of it will take place, if at all. You know what I mean? Like excited to see where where and how this procedure starts and goes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. I know we're getting close on time. Uh, this really isn't a question so much as a statement real quick. Um, I wanted to touch base. I would be remiss if I didn't bring up Astronomicon. I was uh, fortunate enough to show up to the first uh, Astronomicon. Thank you, Mike Winnegar. Uh, let me tell you, Jamie, Mike Winnegar, you got an A team lister on your team right there with mike winnegar because let me tell oh, you man, i know i know you know i know i man. know you know but i, I had know. to tell the you the only reason i know and the greatest answer is because i want to be successful so i surround my people i surround myself with the best and he is definitely one of the best absolutely so I um unfortunately very, very awesome. wasn't able to make it out to this astronomicon this year but i saw all the videos it looked absolutely amazing as a longtime kevin smith fan the fact that you guys got jeff anderson uh, uh randall graves from clerks to do his very first con yeah. with you guys i think is monumentous my favorite band teaming I, up with my favorite comedy movie I, of all time I, was pure gold dude pure gold <laughs> all right on uh, that's awesome no we were we were actually honored as well and just and just blown away by just just the reception of just people and just how they embraced it and how like how how from like night and day i don't say necessarily night and day but with with our first initial astro people you know we're like we don't do first time cons right what does that mean you know what i mean like nobody wants to sit at a table well you know tumbleweeds blow down the aisle and it's the deadest place in the world and there's no action it's like so you have to show and prove so like in the night and day scenario of that it's like you know like it's it's definitely starting to you know take shape it's starting to become something that that definitely has stability it's like it's not going anywhere anytime soon and it just makes me proud because it's like each year it gets bigger it gets better 
You know what I mean? And it, it becomes more solid and people look forward to it. And I think it's just got that mainstay quality. Absolutely. Well said. Well, Jamie, I know we're coming up on time. Um, if we can get you 20 seconds after this uh, goodbye, I would appreciate you. But before we uh, quote unquote, let you go, did you have anything else you wanted to add to the podcast or to up your geek at all? Just uh, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, you know, keep loving what you love and keep buying and collecting what you love and your collection will always be worth something. It's what they tell me. Hey <laughs> man, yes sir. Do you believe it? I'm going to leave you with a question, God damn it. Do you believe it? Oh, I believe. Thank you for your time, man. Right on. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Jamie. We appreciate you. All right, what an amazing, an amazing interview. Jamie Madrox, again, uh, from the bottom of my heart, and I know my co-host too, but especially me, I really do appreciate you taking the time out to talk to us. And no lie, since 1999, guys, since Most Tasteless, I heard Most Tasteless December 25th when I got it on Christmas. First two songs, I knew this was going to be one of my favorite bands ever. They legitimately kept on uh, evolving their music, evolving their sound, now building their own empire with Magic Ninja Entertainment, my favorite record label out there. Like It got me back into music again now, being in my mid-30s and shit, excited to go out to concerts, excited to meet new fans. Shit I used to do when I was a teenager in my early 20s. Twisted means the world to me. I've laughed with them, I've cried to them. Um, especially Jamie, has uh, was a huge inspiration in my life. So the chances to talk to him was amazing. So really, Jamie, from the bottom of our hearts, again, that's cold as ice and broken twice. Uh, we really do appreciate you. And I do want to give a special shout out as well to a Amy, I think it was Spencer uh, Tiemann, Tiemann, if I'm mispronouncing your name, I do apologize. Uh, but she was working with uh, Lamar from Up Your Geek and facilitating this interview. And I've heard nothing but amazing things um, about uh, from Lamar, from working with Amy, very professional, very amazing, made a lot of awesome things uh, uh, happen for us. And we really do look uh, forward to working with you again in the future. Glowing review on our end. So thanks for everything you guys did. It was really amazing. We really do appreciate you guys. So whoop, whoop. For sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, I echo everything Rob said. I don't really need to add much to that at all. So uh, once again, thank you. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to doing it again in the future. Much love and uh like I said, yeah, let's do this. What's popping in pop culture, though? What's popping in pop culture? You know I got to shoot that off like every episode. Yeah, you got to do that shit. Every ep- I'm, I'm that trying to cool. come up with one for updating underground, but I ain't got it yet, and I'm feeling a little under the weather, so we're going to try that next episode, I guess. Mm. Coronavirus, man. Controversy. Conspiracies. It's fucking, it won't go away, man. Yeah, Last time we was here, we got accused of being paid <laughs> off. We got accused yeah. of being shills because we were trying to say, hey, man, it's not that big of a deal. The flu is worse. And just for the record, the flu is still worse right now. But this shit is getting kind of crazy. It is getting crazy. <laughs> About as crazy as the comments we get in our comment section. Of <laughs> all the crazy shit we say, like the, the things that piss people off is the weirdest of things. Like of all the things that we've said that I thought we could cancel, being a paid shill for the coronavirus. Who's paying me the virus? <laughs> Like I said, hey, man, right? shoot the check through. You know what I'm you saying? Know, like, <laughs> I'm sure for anybody. Like, I have zero integrity. Like, I'm not even going to play, man. Shoot the check through. Right? I cash that motherfucker and shit, whatever. It's Almost, done. as long as it don't affect my integrity in, like, a seriously personal deep way. You know what I mean? Like, right, I show yeah. for the coronavirus. I, I might even show for DC. I mean, whatever. You know, I could compromise my, uh, my, my opinionated belief for a little bit of shilling and shit. A couple million, you know what I mean? I mean, it's a high price. You know what I mean? I go sell out for low. Oh, no, no. <laughs> for the low, low. <laughs> Should be a couple million. Birds of prey is Godfather, too. You know what I'm you know saying? What I'm saying? Like, I'll sit here and do all kind of articles about why Harley Quinn just revolutionized fucking women <laughs> superhero movies. Everywhere. Shit, you know right? what I mean? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> 
But uh, what do you think about like this? Like, let's let's dive into the conspiracy part of it and shit before we mm. get into the actual fact based stuff. Uh, what do you think about the conspiracy of it's a man made virus? You buy that or you think it's natural? That's an interesting question. I don't know. Um, I mean, more than likely, it's natural. I think if you think it is man made, it could be a conspiracy. But I mean, I do think there are some man made disease out there to kind of have a hand in population control, I guess. I don't know. I kind of put that tinfoil hat on sometimes. I could. I would need to see some evidence to subscribe one way or another, to be honest. But your mind is open to it. Like, I, I, won't, oh, I won't put it past these motherfuckers. Oh, not at all. Not at all. They introduced, I, I know they introduced the HIV and AIDS epidemic. They introduced crack into uh, black community. They introduced, they did a lot of. Maybe Ebola. They did mind control. They admitted to oh, doing mind controlling experiments and shit like that as well oh, in the yeah, 60s, yeah. 70s. So, I mean. Project M- MD, MK or MK Ultra, or right? Shit? And yeah. we're talking about the Chinese government. Yeah, yeah like, come on, son. So, and there's also the connection with this this doctor, this American doctor who like worked for Harvard or some shit, who was taking a bunch of money from the same lab yeah. that's connected to the um, coronavirus <coughs> bio lab that leaked or whatever uh-huh. shit. Funny shit, man. man. So it's like it's some shit to go on. And the thing yeah. about conspiracy theories is like. Man, some of them are crazy outlandish, but the reason why they're so entertaining is because a lot of these shits be true. <laughs> you yep. know? Oh, not a lot of them, but some of them be true. Or portions of it is mirrored in some you know semblance what I'm of saying? truth. Like Absolutely. The, the Project yeah. MK Ultra shit, that's the what the Jason Bourne that's movies. That's all true. The and Jason Bourne movies are based off of that shit. And that shit was a conspiracy theory for a long time. And now we know. It's You know bad. what I'm saying? Like the uh, crack epi- epidemic, like you were talking about earlier with uh, Freeway Ricky Ross out in uh, L.A. and shit, mm-hmm. man. With the CIA being involved in Project Northwood and all this other shit. And Oliver Stone and all this shit. Google that. Uh, Look at you going off. I am so proud of you today. (laughs) Look at you. Someone had their Wheaties before this podcast. He ain't even looking off shit. He's just firing off the top. Keep going. Keep going. Let me fuck up your body. But, yeah, like, I mean, Russia. What about the conspiracy? Russia is saying we did it. I don't, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then, then like, China is saying, we're saying China did it. Russia's saying we did it. You know, like, (coughs) is this an election ploy? Is it it another distraction? Like, those kind of conspiracies. Well, I definitely think it's a distraction to some some degree. Anytime there is some kind of medical alert or something out like Ebola or anything like that. Sensationalized. H1N1, bird flu. They'll sensationalize it, yeah. This one's a little bit different, I will admit, and kind of take it back uh, on my original stance. This one's a little different because people actually are getting infected. Unlike Ebola, where the only way you could really catch Ebola is somebody with Ebola ran up and rubbed their blood and shit all over you. Like, that was the only way. There was nothing to worry about. It wasn't raining blood and piss and shit everywhere, you know what I mean? But when it comes to this, like, people are actually are contracting it. And we really are taking serious quarantine measures to nullify the virus itself. So I, I think it's serious and something we should sensationalize to some degree. But the media being the media also likes to hype it up and kind of fan the flames of uh, uh, controversy a bit too to sell clicks, sell papers, sell eyes on TV screens and what have you. But I think that is detrimental to us because now we are paying extra for hygiene products. We are paying extra for first aid care. We are having a hard time finding basic things now because people are freaking out and hoarding. And I mean, we are not ready for some real shit either. People are so stupid. They really are. Let's hoard all the sanitation and soap and shit so nobody else can clean themselves. And face masks. (laughs) Stop with the face mask. It doesn't stop it, number one. And number two, people that really do need the face mask can't get them now. And it's like, we are not going to survive The stock is going up, though. The the stock is going up. Lysol is like, the CEO of Lysol, you you know DuckTales, right? When he scrooge with ducks, jumps in that giant pool of gold coins. That's what the CEO of Lysol is doing right now. That motherfucker is paid. Purell. CEO, 
paid. Anybody that got any kind of great value Walmart version a hand sanitizer, paid. Like anybody that got a stock in this shit is getting paid. And maybe that's why they are whooping it up sensationalized. They because we have to understand there are four to five major media companies in this country and they're all uh, bought and owned by corporations. So of course they're going to whoop this up into a frenzy so you get out there and buy shit. So it, it stimulates yeah. the economy as well. And we're so dumb we fall for it. But like you said, I echo almost every not almost everything you said I echo to the fullest and shit, man. But it is definitely something we should take seriously. The World Health Organization has elevated its assessment of the threat up to the highest level and has warned, you know, the United States and every other country to get work, get ready for the virus's arrival and to prepare for it. Uh, last time that I checked the stats on it, there were over 93,000 confirmed cases. Globally, there were almost 3,200 deaths uh, there were 90% of the new cases from new countries uh, where it was popping up. It's deadlier than the flu, but it doesn't spread as easily. So mm-hmm. that's something to also be aware of and shit. And that con- containment is a top priority. Within the United States, uh, the U.S. has reported at least 129 cases across 15 states, including California, New York, Illinois, Florida, Georgia, Rhode Island, Oregon, New Hampshire, Texas, and Wisconsin, in addition to Washington State. So uh, there have also been 11 fatalities so far that have been related to the deaths, with the first being in California on Wednesday. So that's the last time I checked those. And a special note, I think uh, I remember reading the majority of people that did uh, die from the coronavirus were people that were high risk. They were over the age of 50, 60. They would have been high risk for the flu, period. They would have died if they got a bad case of the flu, so corona took them out as well. So it's not as dire even when you hear that. And when you really think about the population number, if you take it just a look at the numbers and stats, the amount of people that got infected is 0.0000012% of the global population. Like, everybody chill out a little bit. I think we're doing a great job containing it. I think we're taking the quarantine measures very seriously globally. We're working together to do that, and I think actually – I, I'm impressed in regards to that. Don't buy into, that, into the sensationalism. Don't worry. Wash your goddamn hands. Everybody should be fine. And it doesn't matter. Even if we're not fine, I know how to beat the coronavirus. Let me know. Wow, how's that, sir? I figured out how to stop the virus. Okay. All we got to do is big, dig up a bunch of old racist or homophobic tweets on it. <laughs> and then it'll get canceled. Boom! <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> God damn it. Come on, man. God damn, air horn. <laughs> I know. Tell you what, that fucking makes me bored. Best no $2 podcast you ever listened to. Rears his head. Hey, yeah, I may be dollar store fucking podcast, but I'm still more than you bargain for, bitch ass. Ooh, there it is. Bars. Let me tell you what. You I look kinda, at the air horn. You wanted to go yeah. for it again. I saw you. You didn't want to be disappointed. You wanted to hit that air horn again, but you're like, if I do, it won't work and I'll be mad. So I can't do it. Right, right. I saw that. But anyway, switching gears, moving on from that bullshit, er. man. Bob Iger stepped down, man. Ooh, yeah. Big news, big Ain't news. On February 26th, mm-hmm. it was announced that the man who may be the second most important person in the history of Disney behind Walt Disney himself was stepping down. Yeah, Bob Iger being this, uh, the Disney CEO, if anybody doesn't know him by name. Yeah, that's some big news. Which, what is your take on that? Because that kind of kind of split the internet world a little bit because a lot of people, a lot of anti-Disney people ran with the uh, 
Uh, everything's uh, bad at Disney. Disney's burning down and ran with that angle. A lot of people were like, hey, he planned on stepping down anyway. This is he all did, normal he did, here. He did plan on stepping down. He's, he's still going to run out the rest of his contracts. Yeah, he yeah, still yeah. will be on board until December 31st, 2021, which is my sister's birthday, December 31st. Shout out to my baby sister. Love you. What up, baby um, sister? Um, Like I said, he'll finish out his contract, and then this dude, Bob Chapeek or whatever, is going to step in. He is the executive chairman from the Disney parks and adventures and stuff like that. So he's going to be taking Yikes. over. So Yikes. I don't have, I don't really know who to do. I didn't know who Bob Iger was until recently, but if you look at his track record, I guess if you look at Disney's bottom line, he is one of the most instrumental cats to, who came along for them, man. He mm-hmm. brought Pixar, he brought Star Wars, he brought fucking Marvel. Marvel. And that has basically made them the monopoly monster that they are. Now they got Fox and shit. That acquisition was made under his watch. He brought Disney Plus in there, which I last time I checked, it was like 26 million point five pay subscribers. That's self-reported numbers. So you, who knows if that's really true or not, but if they're gassing it up or not. It's believable. I'm always enough. hesitant when people self-report their own numbers and shit. You know what I mean? Because right, right. you can cook. You can fabricate, and and why would Disney come out and say that their numbers were anything less than something crazy like that? You know what I mean? Fair so fair enough, fair enough. I always try to look through that shit. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think this is definitely a loss for Disney, even though I don't agree. As a consumer, as a fan, like I don't agree with any of the decisions that I mean. I, I guess I can't really bob, blame Iger for the creative, all the creative uh, criticisms that I have and shit, because. Mm-hmm. He's not like ending like that. Maybe some shit. The buck stops with him somewhere, or like on some final shit or whatever, as to get how a movie gets done or whatever at the end. But I have some grievances with him in Star Wars. Uh, but he, what do you he, mean? He owned up to it all. So what do you, what do you mean? Grievances and how he treated George Lucas, making oh, George Lucas under, giving the impression that he was definitely going to do his yeah. story treatment and didn't. And then his well, couple, he never promised him though. I mean, that's stuff something he, you have to be. He didn't never tell him. It, that. But he said in his book, I shouldn't have made him think as, as much as I did. So I think and that it, by omission, I think he really probably did say we definitely are doing this, and he feels bad about it. If he hustled, and I respect him, Bob for that thing. too. Yeah, uh, if he really hustled him, and he he feels like he, he manipulated him, that's on him. But he wouldn't have apologized about it in a book, damning himself if he didn't. Yeah. That's one thing I'll give Bob a lot of credit for, especially just, in that book. He threw himself under the bus a couple times, especially with Star Wars. He's like, I fucked up, and here's how. I really respect that because you ain't going to get that from anybody else. I can, I, I, I'll give you that grievance, man. But and, that, and I agree. Yeah. And, and I agree. But, but that's about it. I'm just saying, like, overall, like, as a, from a business standpoint, this is definitely He's a juggernaut. He's a juggernaut. He, he made Disney the fucking superpower that it is, you know, other than Walt Disney. Absolutely. Know? And I think the fact that he... They announced him stepping down the way they did. Disney's a lot of things, but one thing they most certainly are is they're they're ceremonious. They're ceremonious. Yeah, oh yeah, and they're calculating. And they're calculating. They're calculating. Ceremonious and calculating. Absolutely. And for them to just abruptly announce his departure out of nowhere with no grand parade goodbye, no grand ceremony, just out of nowhere. Oops, he's gone. You think there might be something else rumbling There's something the else surface. going beneath the surface, most certainly. And I think uh, the big thing that Connects Disney wants to Connects is the Kathleen. Focus on, is maybe she next? Oh, absolutely. No, because that's somebody had to take the fall. And it ain't going to be the woman. I'm sorry. Iger took the fall? Iger took the fall. Okay, here we go. Here's why. And here's why. And here's come why. to the Uncommon Sense Podcast for your hot takes. And here's Say why. it again. Here's why. The big thing they want to focus on is direct-to-consumer um, platforms, and that's Disney+. Plus. So taking out the middleman. No network TVs, no movie theaters. Direct to consumer. Disney to consumer. That's what they want to focus on. And theme parks. 
direct to consumer Disney Plus it was a hit initially, but it came out with tons of bugs and tons of issues and still has it to this day. The biggest fault. And it's kind of flat on content for right now. They're theme parks tanked. Disney World has been tanking. Oh, yeah. They've been raising the prices. Star Wars. Galaxy's Edge was a massive failure. Um, and that's where they get most of their bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was a huge red flag. And they take theme parks so seriously. Look who they're replacing Iger with. Iger, who did bring on the Pixar, theme park everything. Dude. The only thing that this dude, the theme, theme parks. Dude, yep. Theme parks, that's he, all he he's does. He's the chairman of the theme parks. He does theme parks. Shit, so. He didn't bring in Pixar. He, he doesn't have that kind of shit under his belt. He, he does theme parks. That's where Disney's focus is. So I think but Iger's taking the fall. And I think kind of rightfully so to some degree, especially with the... Uh, with, uh, the way the theme parks did, I don't think he deserves any kind of animosity. Again, I'm no Disney fanboy, but I mean, judging him on his own credits and his own laurels, uh, he's done some shit. Like you have to respect the man; you really do. He's a juggernaut in the business. So it smells like something's a foul at Disney. Uh, Star Wars, I think, really left the company in a bigger state of disarray than I think they let on. But I think most fans, even Star Wars fans that are pros Disney, knows something's a foul there. Um, but yeah, wild, wild, and end in the air. So, say la vie and adios to Bob Iger. Yeah, man. Uh, do you think uh, the, my original question, well, not my original question, but a question that stems from this real quick before we jump off this. Yes. Um, Kathleen Kennedy. Yes. Next. I'm not saying she's going to take the fall for this, but do you see her maybe being the next domino to fall in this kind of trying to clean house thing? Do you think nope. the Bob dude keeps her on? They renew her contract? No. She gets to stay at Lucasfilm? You know what I mean? Middle like, ground option. They are going to let her contract ride itself out so it looks natural. There I mean, will I be assume no, that. I don't, yeah, I don't mean no fire. I mean yeah. an announcement of her leaving at some point. Oh, yeah. There'll be you an announcement I mean? of her. I'm leaving at the end of my contract type deal. I'm Disney, resigning. No, you know, she won't. Go Disney. out with dignity type deal. Mark, what episode are we on now? 12? 12, yes. Okay. Mark it now. Episode 12. I'm calling it now. Um, Disney will be the one to announce it. Either the new CEO or in a press release. It'll be a big fluffy PC article about uh, Kathleen Kennedy who rejuvenized the Star Wars franchise for a new generation is stepping down gracefully after her amazing tenure and it will boast the box office numbers and how uh, big that was and fluff up her career. And now she's moving on to newer and better things and someone else will take her place. That's how they're going to do it. Easy. Easy peasy. Well, she won't take the fall for anything, so you won't damn her legacy. But oh, no, that's exactly what's going to happen. But staying in the same realm of uh, CEOs or you know uh, big big wig executives, Dan Didio fired. Man. Oh yeah, now that's a big one. That's well, that's the one that got me by surprise. On February twenty first, yes. longtime co publisher of DC Comics, Dan Didio was fired by the company's parent company, AT and T and Warner Brothers, after about eighteen years of service with DC. Didio's exit was both sudden and surprising to many, but welcomed by the fans with open arms. (laughs) Although both parties involved offered scant details about the situation, fans have been wondering if the dispute involved creative differences or something more sinister. Because all we know right now is that Didio stands accused of creating an inhospitable work environment for its creators. Mm. And that, to me, is just the beginning of all his stupid bullshit. But would you like to expound, elucidate, or elaborate? Ooh, this is one of those how much time you got situations. So I'm trying to compress it yes, real compress. quick. I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, He's like, woo, let's ooh. just start at the beginning. Well, I can't really start at the beginning, but I need to start at the beginning. In the beginning, God said, there would be, let there be light and shit. Like, that's how far I have to go back with this dude's bullshit. 
I, I will give him some credit where credit's due. You went for it. Um, I'll, I will give him some credit where credit's due. He definitely did some great things for DC. And I really do appreciate the good things he did. But he he was a tyrant when it came to being a overlord over creators and really killing books in the editorial process, revamping books like crazy, trying to kill off fan favorites like Dick Grayson and Wally West. Like he really had a hard on for killing Dick Grayson. He was going to kill Dick Grayson um, in infinity crisis or infinite crisis. And he didn't because a, and whoever this guy is, is a real hero. A airline employee grabbed his luggage and said he wouldn't give it to him unless he promised him that he would not kill Dick Grayson in the, Infinite Crisis. That uh, really happened? That really happened, yeah. That really happened. (laughs) Hell no. That's crazy, ain't it? So not all heroes wear capes. Um, Ah, we got sound effects again. God damn it. we do. Um, (laughs) Even our soundboard hates Dan Dildo. But yeah, man, he, Dan, 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 what I think it is, what I think it all really comes down to is I think that He's trying to revamp DC Comics again. He did the he did the new fifty two. He did Rebirth, and now he's trying to do this five G fifth generation thing. And I think that they said that's still going to go on. But I think they're going to scale it back a bit, and then it's not going to be as sweeping as he would have done it. And I think they're going to really scale back on some of the ideas. Like I really do. I think he was going for a lot of shock Bendis, value. So uh, for now, but DC, I think, is playing it smart, and I think Bendis will be the next to go. I think Dan kept a lot of people safe. I don't think Bendis is along for this world. And if Grant Morrison exists in heaven, I don't think Scott LaBelle is going to be along for this world either. But, hey, a guy can dream. Um, But, anyways, um, I think that's what really did him in. I think uh, the powers that be in AT&T was like, man, this is not going to vibe. We're in a part in the uh, comic book industry where we may not be around much longer anymore because print is dying. And we can't afford a bad revamp. We can't afford a mixed review New 52 all over again. That'll kill us in the industry where rumors of Disney buying us may actually come to fruition. Like we can't roll them dice. So if we got to get rid of the top brass is what we got to do. And I, I applaud them for that. Good for them. Like, well, like well, you said, the fans rejoiced. It. We really did. It was like some goddamn Return of the Jedi shit when they were and the special editions weren't pulling down Paul Patine's goddamn statue. And then you got the little Ewoks dancing and shit. That's what it really was that day. Like when like I, I imagine when um, for Marvel fans, when Tom Holland, when the Spider-Man movie got announced and Spider-Man's coming to the Marvel universe, how those fans felt. That's how we felt when we heard Dan got fired. That was one of the happiest days of being a DC fan in the past 10 fucking years. Well, one of, well, the, speak benefits, on it. One of the benefits of having the sensei on the podcast is that I can just echo a lot of sentiments uh, in, the, in this arena because yeah, he's very well informed, very able to just... Give you the real skinny and shit. I really don't have a whole lot to add to that other than just my own personal take of, you know, Didio is a shitty leader. I mean, it can't go without saying that he did do some things that were good in the DC universe. You know what I mean? Like, he contributed to some to some <coughs> things. Even though he fucked some things up, he the comic sales went up and down. He was on top at some times. He was very low. at uh, The lows were low, though. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? He lost market shares and all that shit. I think biggest the, my biggest grievances would be like the delays and all the editorial fucking disasters and shit. And you hear a bunch of artists that have come out from the DC and shit after this, uh, even during and after, just speaking on how everything had to be cleared by him. And it's another one of those situations we were talking about on the previous podcast. Uh, podcast. Sorry, I'm a little, little tipsy. <laughs> but uh, 
uh, about egos and mm -hmm. pride and shit, always interfering in the creative process and stuff like that, man, and how executives need to learn how to step back and let creators create, man, let creators cook. Absolutely. And fans are guilty of this too. It's not just the executives, man. It's it's like creators get attacked from both sides when they're in in the monetization game and shit, man. Like you got executives who don't know shit about shit, trying to tell you what to do with your art and trying to tell you how to do with your art and what's gonna pop and what's not. Hey, maybe you should do something. No, I don't want to do that. Yep. Like, that's why you see people like Dave Chappelle walking away over fifty million dollars just over offering integrity. Like, no, I'm not doing that. Right. I I'll do whatever the fuck I want. No, I I'll find I'll find another way to do it. And motherfuckers and creators figure out a way. And then from the fan side, like fans are always, oh, this is so stupid, and blah 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 blah. Like, like, and you don't even give them a chance. Or like, you say you want something, like you complain one week about, uh, like the example that pops in my mind is the the reverse Flash coming back to Flash after not being in a crisis. Like we were pissing and moaning about Thawne not being in the crisis, and now Thawne is making an appearance on The Flash, and it's, oh, you're just bringing him back because you need ratings or whatever, or, or the show sucks or whatever. You just got to keep bringing back Reverse Flash. And it's like, bro, arch nemesis, I mean, right. all this yeah, other type yeah. shit, and it makes sense after the crisis. Something to do with them. You're mad we're getting our arc? Right. You know what I'm saying? If it, I think <laughs> this season six has been dope myself. Like, Fatboys really mean. just just confuse me and confound me. Oh, I don't, don't want to be disrespectful or anything. I'm really trying to work on that because I would like to have guests on this podcast, yeah. and I realize that just calling everybody trash and cussing everybody out, yelling and screaming, it's probably not the best way to get people to come on the podcast. Maybe not, maybe not, maybe not. <laughs> But we getting there. We getting there. But co-sign everything you say, absolutely. You uh, it. When's the last time you've been to court? Ooh. Um, I was 20. Yeah, 20. Last time you got prosecuted for something? 20. I only ask because 20. Uh, the end of an era has come with the canceling, or not canceling, but the farewell of Judge Judy. You know Ooh, what okay. I mean? Yeah, yeah. One, one of the pop culture sensations. I was uh, wondering where you're going with like, well, who's been talking once you know, motherfucker? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, his heart skipped. He did a couple <laughs> palpitations. <laughs> we said we weren't canceling each other this episode. <laughs> nah, I got you, bro. I got you. I didn't mean to Calm fuck your up your segue. Down. didn't mean Calm. to fuck up your segue. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to drink some water. You do you. Do your little, do your soap fizzle. Nah, I just, I just want to know if, yeah, if yeah. you had a personal relationship it with It all makes Judy sense now. Brilliant. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Anybody that came home uh, early from school and shit. Where do you rank on the TV it? judges, though? You know what I mean? Like, we got Mathis. We got uh, Judy. We got Brown. Brown's my favorite. You know, Brown's Brown. my favorite. Uh, Brown's, Brown's <laughs> like the type of dude, depending on how he calls you son, will either make your day or crush your life like he was like i'm real proud of you son you feel so proud because he got that just that fatherly figure fatherly, vibe to him. Yeah, like, but like, if he's like now son you're done fucked up i would have been i'd be devastated like, <laughs> joe brown can tell me about myself and really shut me down like really ruin my day for me it was mathis man just his kind of uh abrasive in, in your face truthful like harsh truth brutal honesty yeah. kind of like kind of like judge judy man why she was always so fucking uh uh, what's I guess charismatic is yeah. the, is, the, is yeah. the right way. She people like knocked on her because she's like always screaming at you, calling you a loser, like doing these like sensationalized antics. And I get it and shit, but it made for good TV. It made for great TV. And she always had a point. I mean, I mean, she never took a case in her court where she couldn't make a point. That's the, the oh, purpose yeah. of reality she ain't gonna make TV. Her look, yeah. you know she ain't gonna make mean? herself look stupid. But it was great TV and yeah. shit. But. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to the rankings, man, I actually will put uh, Brown third, man. It will go Mathis, Judy, Brown for me. Oh, killing me. Yeah. Killing me. <laughs> Brown just got that, like, 
that's the judge you want when you go to court. Maybe I'm just going with my own would, heart. With I, my I, own I, court. It depends on the case. Whatever, what case I, if you're going to give me I a always choice, want Brown. like what case I'm involved in. Like if, if I think I'm right and I'm in the right, right, I'm going to Mathis because I want to see him tear my wife up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> You said get her away from Judy. Just get her away from Judy. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no I want to see Mathis. I want to see Mathis do it, man. We're just, oh. My folks will probably get mad. Like, you want to see another man eviscerate your... No, I don't, man. Just I love his humor, his taste. And he will just be able to say the shit legally in court and on TV that will just be, like, really great for me. And then my wife will be wilding out trying to throw all the dirt out, all the dirty laundry, and the podcast will blow up. My life would be ruined, but hey, the podcast will blow up. <laughs> You're not lying. You're not lying. I kind of want that. I think to I just came now. out with a rollout, right? I mean, I'm saying, we're sitting here thinking about advertising now. Like, mm, this was a clever bit. Now that might be like a marketing opportunity and shit. Try to get y'all on Jerry Springer or something now. He said, Ooh. "Oh shit!" <laughs> but real quick, real quick, did you ever think, stop to think that maybe these judge shows are really just a way to brainwash people into thinking that the judicial system really works? Like, really think about it. We're really sitting here. I think like Judge Judy, Judge Mathis, Judge Joe Brown. All these shows really break down boundaries, and like everybody loves them: white, black, brown, green. You know what I mean? Blah blah blah. Every different race, religion, creed. Everybody loves these judge shows, and this is something that we normally don't agree on. We don't normally like the oh, judicial. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I like life. the entertainment of it. Yeah, 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 but people bring their drama. It's always dramatic and it's it nasty. Is. It's messy. But it's I got tea it's, on it. You're like, oh shit, you was cheating on her and you was trying to get paid from her fucking right. disability checks. Like, damn. But I always, I also think it's a way to make the public think that the judicial system will always swing in the fair favor of whoever's right and Maybe. wrong. And I don't think it's I don't buy it. into it. Oh, but naturally, I mean? yeah, yeah. But, but you're, I, you're more. It may be an attempt to. You know what I mean? I'm saying for the least most sophisticated uh, consumer of television, mm-hmm. I think it would kind of manipulate them into thinking that the judicial system is fair and balanced. I think that's why these shows are really popular and kind of put them in place. Same thing with cops. I I always thought that was cops, too. I mean... It's a proper game. Do you think Maury was created to legitimize paternity tests? That's a whole other ballgame, though. That's that's talk shows, though. It ain't court. He ain't a judge, man. He's Maury. Keep my man Maury's name out your mouth, man. Maury ain't do nothing. Hey, man, don't cover my man Maury, man. What'd you think about Candyman? Jordan Peele oh, added again, man. Uh, man. Uh, I liked it. I liked the trailer. Actually, uh, the trailer is not bad. Uh, he's waiting for it. I'm not trying to antagonize you today, man. You sick. I know. You're under the weather, man. I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to get you agitated, man. I want to see you get well. <laughs> and I appreciate that. Once again, we are really concerned about each other's health today and shit. Um, but I really like the trailer. Uh, I'm a big horror movie buff. Um, a horror movie, one hundred percent big horror buff. I love me some horror. Horror Hound coming up. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Hey, we did an interview with Twist, one of the biggest horror core groups of all fucking time. So I mean, we love our horror core shit around here. But uh, uh, Candyman is always a, a dope franchise to me, and one that I always thought would be pretty cool if they did do a reboot or revamp. Um, I would actually like the continuation or sequel. I like uh, a la what the um, Child's Play franchise did. They didn't necessarily reboot it. Well, they did reboot it, uh, much to the creator's chagrin. But uh, uh, they also kept a series going of uh, original sequels that kept the original timeline uh, going. But if you got Jordan Peele doing it, that's what gets me going. And that's what I'm going to get really excited for because I'm really digging everything he's bringing to the table the past couple years. So I think him behind... Um, Candyman is really a good thing. And I, I really like what I saw in the trailer. And I'm really... Really excited for this. But you said something to me 
in text. And I think this will be the only point of contention between us is that you don't like Jordan Peele, man? Not really, man. Why I'm, not? I mean, I'm not? Not that I dislike him as a person. Just his movies, like, they're always, like, overhyped. They always get this. And to be fair, I'm not trying to make a a a, a statement or criticism of his entire body of work because I have not reviewed his entire body of work. So y'all, the people who are Jordan Peele fans mm-hmm. might be thinking of something that's classic to them that I haven't seen yet that would be like, okay, maybe I misspoke about that. So I just want to say that disclaimer out the way. And not to say that he is a trash filmmaker or anything like that, not using any type of that vocabulary. My thing is that like with the Get Out movie, or the Us movie or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. these super over-hyped movies and shit. They were like, I mean, I see the allegory. I get the messaging. But it's it's a whack movie, bro. <laughs> How dare you? How Like, it's dare a whack you? movie. I'm sorry, man. And, and, well, I, I, oh, whack. I, I take that back. Again, I'm trying, to be, I'm trying to be fair these days. It's not for me. You know what I mean? It's, it's not a movie that after I watch it, I'm not going to go out and be like, I'm not going to watch it multiple times. You're, a lot of these days, you hear me when, when I refer to content. Does it have replay value? Does it have reread value? Does it have rewatch value? Like, is it a book that I'm going to read more than once? Is it a song that I'm going to come back to after months and months of hearing hundreds of songs after I heard that song? Like, after I've heard a thousand songs after I listened to that song, am I going to come back to it? Or a movie after I've seen a million fucking movies? Am I going to come? If I see it on TV, am I going to stop and watch it? Like when the Matrix comes on. Or like Man of Steel or The Godfather or Scarface or something. Like when a classic movie comes on and I say, oh, shit, I'm going to watch that. Or is it going to be like when Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey come on and I just go, <laughs> why am I paying for cable? <laughs> Are you comparing Get Out to uh, Birds of Prey? No, I was just, I was I went down a rabbit hole uh, as just talking I, about. I don't appreciate shit. that in the same but, sentence there. Generally, just saying, man, like, he's just not for me, man. Like, what I've seen uh, uh, since he became big and he got his whole shit, mm-hmm. eh, you know what I mean? And not to say the movies are bad. Like, Get Out is not a bad movie. It's just, like I said, I get the, I'm not one of the black people who gets, like, you, you got to do more to appeal to my blackness to move me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Like, you got to do more than be like, yo, I'm going to make a movie about fucked up white people trying to steal black people's bodies because they, like, want big dicks. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) I think your brain's a little bit deeper than that. A little bit deeper than that. Oh, man. I... (sighs) <sighs> this is probably why you have to make disclaimers and shit so much like you I'm just trying to be fair as he says aka I don't want to get dragged by black twitter again and make another apology tour 12 episodes nah, no more apologies I told y'all that oh man but I actually I, I really like Get and Out and when the apologies it wasn't sorry for I know I, I'm fucking a with dumb you dumbass motherfuckers but Continue. I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with you. He's like, no, 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 no. Me. Not to clear that up because that's our that narrative real quick. started. Yeah, right. Protecting <laughs> <laughs> my reputation here, man. 100. Um, now, I really, really, really like Get Out, man. I really did. And uh, I don't know why we totally do not see eye to eye. I was a little bit surprised when you said that because I thought we saw eye to eye in these movies. I don't think we ever talked about it. No, I we guess. never so talked about it because it was one of those things that everybody just assumed it was great. Like Black Panther. It was another thing. Like Yeah. You got to do more to appeal to my, my black pride, man, because <laughs> like, I'm, I'm a proud black person. So, like, you got I'm, I'm not on my own. Like, I don't need 
visual stimulation for that. You know what I'm saying? Like right. so it just, just doesn't move. Like you got to do more, man. <laughs> right, 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 right. Give me the black pride shit, but give me a dope ass fucking story, man. Or at least give me a decent story. I feel like I got that from Get Out, but to each their own. And it so. was an original story. I get like this is one thing. He is an original mind. So I oh, want to give one hundred percent kudos to him as a great mind, a great. Creator. I think this is one of the first times he's, that just, he's jumping into it. He's uh, one. Of, it's uh, like uh, Brother Lynch in music. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just not for me. You know what I mean? Like, but you I, can I, respect the. I, I, I respect the, the ability to create. I, I'm a creator I still, myself. I always stand on the side of creators and artists, man. Like I will always be on that side. Random side note: I still want you to check out Brother Lynch when he on his strange music years. I think he will appreciate him more than his 90s 2000 years but that's just random side note but real quick right uh, uh, this is i just was using that as an example of the spectrum and you, you bring up music I mean? and you're gonna trigger me like brother lynch yeah. let's we'll, talk we'll, about we'll, dinner in the movie yeah, yeah, we'll such there, a good there. album <laughs> uh but yeah fuck it. i like the candy uh, the candy man trailer uh, i'm here for it i think jordan peele is the best person to put behind that and i'm excited for it so let's get to it what do you think about the war on sex, man? You know, we've been going through the war on jokes. Is the there war, a war on sex The now? war on Black History Month. Uh, and now there's a war on sex, man. Uh, the fuck is going on? Trump invading anybody now. Fuck. He really is out there. Just they out here trying, the trying to shut Pornhub down, bro. Yeah, I see. I didn't even look into this. I, when you sent you me the doc, I didn't know this. And I, was I, like, I love topics like this. Yeah, because because I, was like, <laughs> I just want you to tell me this one. I was like, yeah, please inform me, Cash. Okay, so let me like know, my co-host, for those of you that don't know and that are unaware, a petition was started to shut down Pornhub by basically uh, being accused of being inadequate at monitoring their content and thus allowing the profit of criminal videos concerning human trafficking, underage uh, porn, shit like that. This petition was launched by Change.org, which is a nonprofit organization called Exodus Cry or some shit that seeks to combine prayer and practical ministry to see sex trafficking and slavery ended around the world, which is a very admirable and virtuous, very virtuous cause. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. In a statement responding to this petition, though, Pornhub had this to say. Pornhub has a steadfast commitment to eradicating and fighting any and all illegal content on the Internet, including non-consensual content and child sexual abuse material, the website stated. Any suggestion otherwise is categorically and factually inaccurate. While the wider tech community must continue to develop new methods to rid the Internet of this horrific content, Pornhub is actively working to put in place state-of-the-art comprehensive safeguards on its platform to combat this material. And they do, too. With that being said, uh, I guess I'll just start off by saying we all know right off rip, you know, sex trafficking, sex slaving, underage sex, all this, the most vilest, nastiest, fucking immoralist shit that you can commit as a human being. Some of the most crimes that you can, I believe you are uh, worthy of suffering the most egregious punishments for. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like being buried under jails, Almost, I mean, we could have a uh, discussion about the death penalty one day and shit, man. But some of these crimes, man, worthy of, you know, giving up your life and shit. I agree. I mean, we could use the Joker as a great uh, thought experiment one day. Kind of like, what would you do if the Joker was actually a real person? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like a, an actual insane person running around out here and shit. How do you deal with that? You just kill him? Like, is that humane? Like, is that the right thing? Or is it the right thing to do? Fuck if it's humane. Like, right, the, the, right. right. where's the line in that? But off topic, uh, whatever. And shit. Oh, you know, I could always talk about yeah. Joker. Yeah, I, that's why. I, the, he's always a perfect uh, case study for, for oh, things absolutely. like that in my yeah, mind and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, just saying that all of that shit, is, we all know that that's sick shit. 
But shutting down Pornhub because some people have abused the service is like trying to shut down Google because kids have abused it by searching for the Anarchist Cookbook and done some dumb, dumb shit. Or like trying to make Facebook go out of business because like the Taliban posted a, a, a live feed on their service that recruited terrorists that ended up doing some shit that you go after Facebook for it or something. Mm -hmm. It's basically Mm -hmm. like, let's say you listening to this podcast, somebody stole your car and they go and they rob a bank. And while they're robbing that bank during the getaway, they run over a couple cops. They blow through some stoplights and they cause a couple accidents. They injure a bunch of people. And then they end up causing all kinds of damage before they're apprehended. Should you be prosecuted because it was your car that they stole? That's basically the concept that we're saying. Like, they're, they, they, the vehicle was stolen to do something malicious, and you cannot hold that person who had nothing to do with that responsible just because they have, they're trying to provide a service that somebody found a way to exploit and take advantage of them. So and it's not just Pornhub. Uh, they they yeah. upload this kind of shit to YouTube. They upload this kind of shit to all kind of streaming services and uh, websites all over the world. And I know personally the Pornhub really does uh, take safeguards against this. Uh, someone I know, their ex-husband um, worked for Pornhub, and he all he had to do was watch porn, and they were looking for child porn and any other kind of fucking uh, bad things to take off of the website, and they hired an elite division of that. They looked for it while using um, uh, image detection, facial recognition, um, and also just people just watching it and scoming the videos manually. They take that shit very seriously, and they do it diligently, and it's not their fault that some people try to abuse the system and get through the cracks. So, fuck that. Hashtag free fucking Pornhub. Like, I think it's stupid. And I think I think Pornhub will win. Pornhub's a conglomerate with a, a legal team on his side. I'm sure that will annihilate anything. So, I think Pornhub has nothing, absolutely nothing to worry about. They'll come out on top of this. But it is just a little bit worrisome about how close this kind of shit could happen. Like, it could just get shut down over other people abusing it. And I think that's, that's fucked up. But... They're they're Canada based company too, I believe. So I'm not sure. I think they are. So I think it's going to be. I ain't got nothing to worry about. Well, it's just a petition. You know how people are always starting these petitions to get yeah, all the time. Amber Heard fired yeah. from a movie, a petition, and it's sad that I say just a petition because a petition used to be a powerful tool and shit, which is why it's so sensationalized yeah. now and shit. Ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yeah. not shit now, but it used to be a powerful tool that could be used for uh, civil disobedience and civil civil type right deals and shit. Yeah, man, yeah, you yep. know what I mean? So, but. Uh, I can't believe I'm about to just turn around and be like super hypocritical, like in the same breath as saying like, yo, you can't shut Pornhub down, but then be happy as fuck that the hackers hit OnlyFans and and took (laughs) them out for the people like Robin Hood and shit. Right, right. (laughs) And I didn't look into it until it all got taken down and shit too. Like I really, I slept on that. Which you should, I I feel, I feel too kind of the way about this because we want to legitimize sex workers, which I really want to do. So hacking their shit is tantamount into breaking into a local business and stealing all their goods and then just passing it out for free. So in, in one breath, I definitely sympathize with every sex worker, any OnlyFans, anybody at OnlyFans account that had their shit hacked and their uh, nudes leak. I sincerely sympathize with you. I really do. Flip side of that, I'm a dude with a dick. And I like boobs. So a bunch of pretty chicks with tits that I know getting their pictures, I might, I might take a look or two. I might. I, I know I did it to my absolute favorite when her news got leaked a little bit ago, but um, I looked. Shit, the yeah. fuck? my wife is pissed off too. I bet she's mad as fuck. 
She thinks she busted me on some shit. She fucking texted me last night talking about, you got an OnlyFans account? How did I fucking find this? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yo, 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 chill. Shut what? the fuck up. Is that happening? Yeah, it's really happening and shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, this is my it's life. It's really happening and shit, Don't man. Worry. <laughs> <laughs> Why was she? I had to ask questions. And I'm like, when I first heard about uh, OnlyFans and shit, I went and I checked it out and shit. And then when I saw that it was, you know, you got to pay for the subscriptions and yeah. all that shit. And it's like, why am I going to pay for porn and shit? Pornhub is free. X videos is free. Like, there's all these porn sites out here. If I want to get porn, I can just get porn. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I don't need to get your your specific porn. There's plenty of porn available. And I'm not that paid. And they all, and they all, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. All you bitches look the same. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and, I'm, and I don't want to be disrespectful. They're waiting for it. There yeah, it is, I'm not trying is, to be disrespectful. I'm not trying to be is. disrespectful. Even though it sounded disrespectful, I'm just saying, all, all y'all Instagram chicks, man, y'all all like going out trying to do the same thing. Y'all all look the same. <laughs> just different heights, different hair color, maybe, maybe different context. Like, y'all look the same. And y'all be getting me in fucking trouble for some reason and shit. <laughs> like, I have to deal with like stupid stress all the fucking time. I'm about to call my wife right now and see if she's gonna talk to me. Oh, is that what we're doing today? That's what I'm doing right now, just on on a on a random flying. I'm about shit. to say this was not planned, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm just gonna sit back and relax. This is gonna be good. <laughs> no, she's probably not gonna answer. But if she does, she's gonna probably go off, and I'm probably gonna end up hanging up on her. Like for sure, for sure. Amber, for real, I had no idea about this. Please don't hate me any any further. There's headphones if you want to listen. If not, sit back and oh, enjoy. Yeah, I got we fancy now. She not going to answer. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice. She really not going to answer the phone? No, nah, we going to do that again. She's got to think it's an emergency by now. I could be dying. She doesn't care about my life at all. She might have me blocked because she is pissed off. Oh, right <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> but regardless, I'm not even mad at the hackers for hitting the OnlyFans, though. Like, I, I guess, whatever. It happens all the time, and I guess you should be, should be prepared for this. And there are ways to prevent it. It's just being too cheap. You know what I mean? I there sympathize are, are, with them. There are ways I, I, I mean, I sympathize yeah, I with sympathize it. Like, with I sympathize with them definitely. definitely. Like, I don't want to be unsympathetic, but it's also at the same time, like, eh, it comes with the territory. This ain't the first time this has happened. You know this can happen now. Right. It's almost like the whole artist crying about the record label getting fucked deal now. You know, there's so much of, of information available now. I feel like in 2020, if you're getting fucked by a record contract, you're just stupid. I don't know. I feel you know like, I'm like it kind of comes off like victim blame. I mean, that's like saying, hey, man, you opened up your own convenience store. You know motherfuckers get robbed. I don't want to hear you getting complained uh, you got robbed. No, that's not fair because you... Isn't you, that the same thing? They, no, it's like uh, just because you walk outside doesn't mean you might not get stabbed. Like, you could just say that all day long. You know what I mean? Like, I know, but saying There's that, certain risk levels with things and you kind of can if this is somebody when you're only, dealing with your cloud services and you know you're dealing with something that has been hit before like people get their news leaked all the time 
And as someone who thought that that was really important to them, mm-hmm. you would think security. Well, what if they were on a secure net where hackers well, are that, good? Then like, I would be suing the fuck out of somebody and getting paid. And bet, and bet, <laughs> and bet somebody. I'm just saying, let's just take like, it. Let's take it that these people are smart about it, especially the ones that are doing and I'm this not for sure a legitimate business. I'm just saying, but there are some people who got caught in this that are just lazy as fuck. Yeah. And just don't, oh my God, my nudes got leaked? Yeah. And Trusting you know, only fans that are a legitimate secure site. Like, they thought they were doing the right thing, and they got hit. Like, that's why it's 50-50. I feel what you're saying. I'm not disagreeing yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it comes with the territory. But I also feel bad if, if we're going to legitimize sex workers and people selling nudes and shit. If that's your only means of income, somebody steals that, and it goes all over the internet. Now people aren't paying as much anymore, or Buying your shit because why come not? At it from a theft there. angle, I have to agree. I yeah, can't, you know? so that's why I'm trying to look at it from yeah. every kind of different so point of we, view. So we, from from their point of view, like that's really hurting my income and my business. That's why I, I sympathize with them. I do. When you head it from the, the economic, that's stealing. That, yep, you're good. That is immorally bad. But oh shit, I guess I got a phone call. Hello. Did you call me? Huh? What are you doing? At my sister's house? I wanted to ask you. I have you live on my podcast right now, just so you know. Don't be saying that stupid. Hmm. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Why are you mad at me right now? What do you mean, why am I mad at you right now? Why are you mad at me right now? Because you won't stay off fan-only pages. You have several social media accounts with several people on them that you do not know and I respectfully asked you to create an account that was a family and close friends only account when you were uploading pictures of our children or our family because I did not want our family involved with all your extra activities that you like to include yourself with and you told me to grow up and told me that it wasn't I'm childish because I don't want our kids plastered around a bunch of people you don't know okay now if I reply to you and say that you have no problem with your kids having TikTok accounts and YouTubes and Instagrams and Snapchats where they post themselves in front of strangers every day that they don't know. And you have no problem with that. Do you understand why when you say that to me, it makes me feel like that you're trying to control me and tell me that I can't have freedom just because you just want to have some control over me? Cash, I don't really give a fuck what you do if you'd like me to be honest. I'm just really tired. Every time I turn around, you have to be watching somebody's pussy or ass and titties shake everywhere. You have to jack your dick off more than you have sex. Like, that's a problem for me. And you really and you think that that's something to, that's And you don't reality. seem to understand. You don't seem to understand why it bothers me. And, oh, I'm a married man, but it's acceptable for me to constantly be looking at other women naked. But rarely acknowledge my wife. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for all of that great input. That's not really true or... Accurate. Okay, Cash, if you say it's not. I'm sorry that you try to use your baggage and insecurities to dump onto me. My what? Why can't you just be respectful and not do it? I don't, I don't understand, understand how it's disrespectful for me to have an Instagram account that is based on an app for looking at pictures, to have pictures of things that I find to be appealing. Well, I mean, if we really wanted to go into the background to why this is a problem, we could, but I'd rather not put all that out there. But you know, as well as I know, why it's a problem. I guess. But I just wanted to let you know I love you. I'm sure you and do. I, I just, can tell so much every day. I just wanted to let you know. Okay, gosh. See you later. Bye.
That's what OnlyFans is doing to my goddamn life. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got OnlyFans is doing to my life. Maybe I'm not the toxic friend. <laughs> Maybe I'm not as bad as I thought I was. You know what? I feel like I've been, you do bad all on your own, buddy. Yep. Good shit, good shit. It's always fun to randomly bring the wife on the podcast. I, I was too scared to say anything that time. I just sat in the corner and didn't say nothing. I actually sunk up. I was going to say uh, Brody Bruce's was one time my cousin Walter got a cat stuck up his ass speech from Mallrats just to see what she said. But you know what? I wasn't. I tested the vibe, and I don't think she would have responded well. Mm. So I just stayed on my corner of the couch and behaved myself. Is there any semblance of sense that made anything? Be honest with me. I'm having a very I'm vulnerable not moment. Going to do that today. <laughs> nope. I'm on like that thin of a line with uh, uh, the missus as it is. I'm not playing anything where you're going to get mad at me, where she going to get mad at me. Not going to do it today. Nope. Ain't going to do it. This motherfucker's a bitch. How's that? How's that? How's that? How's that? How's that? What do you mean? You can't give your honest answer? What was the question again? Really, nigga? She's mad at me because Mm -hmm. I won't stop posting pictures of my kids on my Facebook. And I have people that she feels like I don't know. She doesn't doesn't consider an internet relationship a real relationship. If I don't actually know them in real life, she feels like I should not be showing my kids to them. I, Even okay. though my kids are out here on social media in front of strangers every single day of their lives, and she has no problem with it. I see what you're saying. Um, I would be inclined to agree with you because I know how locked down you got your Facebook. I know you don't let anybody, just anybody on your Facebook. And I know the people that you do know on on the online tip are the same people that I know. We're like family and shit. Like some of the best people that I know are Georgia boys are is the whole the whole online clique. I know who you're talking about. And I love them more than some of my real life friends. So yeah, yeah. Um I would disagree because I think it, it, online friends that can be tighter than real friends. And you keep your Facebook secure. So if you only bring on people that you trust that you would want to share that personal aspect of your life with. So it's basically you're no, not you, but what I'm saying to her is basically you're saying you don't trust me to know who as a grown man, man right, who right. should, who should I should have on my own feed and not have on my own feed. Right. You're I, basically not saying I can't trust you. I don't care. You're out here trying to build this empire. You're bringing all these random people onto your shit, and it looks random to you, but it's like, no, these are people that I fuck with online. I mean, and they've been there for six years. And these are people that are fucking with the movement. You know, I'm trying to build a podcast. You know, I'm trying to interact with my audience. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not doing anything wrong. I I don't know why you're so insecure. I mean, I mean, I know why because we've had problems in the past with things. There's no secret about that. We've already put that on display. We've had all these different disagreements about shit. I've I've uh, I've told the boundaries and some things. Yeah, she's pissed off at me because remember that one time way back when, um, Jocelyn, um, New Newark Newkirk or whatever the fuck her name. No, is I know you're shit. talking um, about. Yeah, uh, she posted something in the admin group about Batman panties or some shit like that. Oh, the Batman. And panties. I was oh, like, yo, or, or something. And I was like, yo, post yeah. a picture in the Batman panties or some shit like that. That that was that was wrong. 
I, I admitted I was wrong for that. I got I got busted for that shit. I I I I atoned, said I was sorry, apologized, and I changed my behavior after that. But for some reason, for women, that shit don't change. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that shit don't change nothing. It like it don't it don't change anything. So because of incidences like that, where maybe I was a little too flirty online, you know, was in somebody was in my inbox and I was flirting with them, or maybe I jumped into an inbox, you know, starting with an innocent conversation and it turned flirty. You know, those kind of little t- tone out boundary things. Okay, I give you that. But how long are you going to criminalize and victimize the person you're with over this shit, bro? <laughs> like, I feel like we're really overlooking the real victim here, and that's me. Um, here's why. <laughs> because last week, I went on this heartbreaking message about how I'm the toxic one here. And here we are with you like, oh, you're not going to co-sign me? You're not going to co-sign me? So I did. And you're like, this one uh, uh, argument that transpired right now, you are actually in the right, and I agree. You're like, okay, thanks. That brings me to 2015, where this, 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 and this happened. And then 2016, and this is, remember, Jocelyn, this, this, and this. And you took me on this wild ride. And it's, real quick, I don't co-sign all of that shit. You just took me on a wild roller coaster here. You're like, get in the front seat. Give me a damn sandwich, Rob. Yeah, like, man, because I will, like, put all this shit out there and just be like, because I feel like if I get this shit out there and it's, like, in the air, it's shit that I've already accepted and moved past and I don't give a fuck about. I appreciate about, you living you know out loud. Yeah, like, I, I appreciate I you get this shit out, out and I can just show my wife, like, yo, this shit is dumb, bro. Like, and we don't have to get all crazy into all the details, like, because it was messy. We do. We've both done some messy things. And I would not, like, I could air my wife out if I wanted to about some things that she's Please done. Please don't. And, man, I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I would just air what my shit up? out. That's why. And you see how she has no problem airing me out, though. She knows this podcast goes on, it's going to get listened to, mad uh, motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, and she has yeah, no yeah, problem yeah. kicking my back in. Yeah. But you see me being a respectful man that I am, only trying to defend myself and explain my situation without kicking in my wife's back at the same time. But that shit would get overlooked as a man. You know, I, I would get overlooked by that shit. I, and, and, and like I said, I know I've been wrong. What man has not committed some sins in this motherfucker, bro? Show me a perfect man. <laughs> like, what are we talking about? My boy Cash is trying to be the martyr. <laughs> he without sin cast the first stone. Man, you guys are like, you are my Howard Stern for this podcast. Like, y'all, you, you and the wife going back and forth. Like, this is going to be a running thing. Like, I love it. And a better audience loves it, too. It's never a dull moment, and it will go on forever. So, fantastic. Man, whatever. Let's try to get to some fucking new segue musics. So, love her to snuff it, man. Quick, real rapid review segment we got going on right here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just coming off the top real quick. Let's rip them. Just give your quick thoughts, and then we'll move past them as quickly as possible. Get to some fuckboy talk. So, uh, Project Luminous, what you thought? What, what you got for me? All right, rapid, rapid review, rapid review. Um, lukewarm. I'm in the middle on this one, so I'm gonna say snuff it for now, with the possibility of loving it later, because you did not give me anything to go off of. You just said, "Hey, it's in the Republic. It's a prequel again." So you're retreading the prequels again. It's just 200 years before Episode One. What am I gonna do with that? You don't give me any idea of who the characters are, what the stories are gonna be. It's gonna all oh, space Vikings. That's all you gave me. Man, get the fuck out of here. They ain't nothing interesting about that. Plus, it's supposed to be when the galaxy's in the most peaceful time ever. You can only get so much conflict and so much shit going on out of this i don't know we wanted the old republic you gave us the high republic i'm gonna go in with an open mind but for now i'm snuffing it it's a snuff snuff it 100 i'm snuffing the fuck out that shit man uh just for now like you said just uh, i'm cautiously optimistic that maybe they can do something i haven't seen with them doing before that can maybe inspire i don't have a whole lot of faith with it at all as much things that come out with disney star wars 
uh, I didn't want anything from this High Republic era. I feel like uh, when Disney Star Wars first got involved with this shit, they should have either went to the very, very distant past or the very, very, very distant future and started a whole new saga of their own that they could have built and kind of distanced themselves from anything to do with the original continuity because yeah. they've done nothing so far but ruin the continuity of the Star Wars universe. A lot of fans now these days that are around my age and my demographic are only in love with Star Wars now because of the extended universe, which means nothing to do with the fucking uh, movies and shit. Like, people unanimously kind of agree that there's four great Star Wars movies. Everything else is up in the air, and that's a problem and shit for the Star Wars universe, uh, I feel like. Uh but I, 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 I cautiously optimistic. I don't really, I, I don't want to see something 200 years before the High Republic, uh, before the regular, the prequels start, because we already know how the prequels are supposed to end, and Disney has fumbled the ball so far every time. When we know we have expectations of something, they yep. always fail to deliver. So I would just like yep. to see them do that. What do you guys say about the Clone Wars? Clone Wars. You know what? I'm gonna give it a love. Seven, it. seven. I got. I, I'm gonna give it a love. It. Um, first episode didn't sell me, but this arc is actually coming together kind of nicely. I'm not the way I would start the final season, the third fucking final season of the Clone Wars. God damn it. Um, but uh, I, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. I'm not liking Anakin's uh, facial redesign. I'm not you feeling. You tried to sell me on that. I, I, I have to he, re- he looks it. like he does that Revenge of the Sith, man. I, I have to resend it. It looks it. horrible in motion. And I Thank do not you. Like it. I just have to get my flowers yep. on air. You're allowed to. You're allowed to. You're allowed to. <laughs> uh, but so far, Dope Story, really great action on that last episode. God damn. On that uh, uh, third episode, some of the best they've done in, in years. So I'm here for it so far. Love it. But you have to give me some deep storylines soon. Because this one ain't really doing it for me. And a little bit too... What I like to call now sci-fi. Um, Timothy Zahn is the victim of this. Um, his writing, uh, I love the Air of the Empire trilogy, but his story was a little bit like 80s, 90s sci-fi uh, with some of the shit he kind of brought in. And the same thing with uh, the Clone Wars, like plugging Echo into the Matrix and shit. It came off a little bit now sci-fi. The shit that really wasn't in Star Wars, putting your mind in computers, wasn't really a Star Wars thing until now. It just doesn't really vibe well with stars, but it was still dope to me. I mean, it was still dope. Don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. Um, but I like it. Twisted mind. Yeah, don't get it. Don't get it twisted. Wicka, uh, wicka. I'm going to get it with a, a, I love it as well and shit, man. I love the, the animation, man. I think this is the, the way Star Wars is, it was meant to be, to be honest. I okay. think, I think everything it's Star Wars universe needs to be in this style of animation, this style of storytelling with the yeah. whole with the whole yeah. wisdom thing in the beginning. Like it's just such a experience. The whole Clone Wars I think it's like so many things about the Clone Wars series is what makes it great to me, man. So I'm really just in love with that aspect of it. But I also feel also like that I'm just so starved for good Star Wars that just like with the Mandalorian that I'm just willing to accept certain things. Yeah, more yeah. than I would be on anything else just because I'm so desperate to have something to like from Star Wars, you know what I mean? I feel so disappointed in so many different things and I have no faith in like the Project Luminous thing and it just makes me feel like, oh my God, like so when I get something, it feels great, but like you said, I feel like it's off to a great start. Like story-wise, I'm really into it, but at the same time, when I step back and I look for them, it's like they're really not giving me anything new. Anything that these stories were said, already yeah. made way yeah. back when. They're just bringing them back and flesh them out and shit. You know yeah. what I mean? So these are already like 
you're not giving me nothing new. It's just old shit yep. that you're just really playing on my nostalgia feelings and shit. And I get it. You're getting me. You know, mm-hmm. you've got your hooks in me on some shit. So don't get it confused. But but I know yeah, what you're yeah. doing. Yeah. And I, I know what you're doing and I see it and it kind of, it makes me sad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and real quick, because we got to be rapid with this. Uh, my final thing is they have to have at least an arc or two that legitimizes and it gives us that this final season was a necessity. That legitimizes and justifies this final season. You definitely don't get it with the Bad Batch arc. But I hope we get something that's like, okay, we needed this to give this show closure. Because I really got closure with the fifth season and the sixth season. The first two final seasons we got. I got the closure from the Clone Wars that I needed. I, we really didn't need this again, but I love the Clone Wars so much. of my favorite Star Wars property that I'm here for it. But you got to give us that good shit, so love it for now. Next. Uh, next up, we got Harley Quinn in a Deathstroke series. Love it or snuff it. Oh, hardcore love for Harley Quinn. I don't know why I said it before. I'll say it again. Not only one of the best DC animated shows in over a decade, it's one of the best animated shows in over a decade. It's better than Rick and Morty. It's better than a lot of animated shows that are coming out and on par with, with some of the best. It's a 9.8 out of 10, and I say that I don't give that shit out. Uh, off. You know what? Fuck, I'll give it a 10 out of 10. Yeah, I can't think of I anything. Was to, I was about to come through it. with the rare 10 just, out of 10. Just to give bro. it a 10 out of 10. I was, I was waiting perfection. for you to give me that alley you because I was going to come through with it like, see, see, ah, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not today. I'm giving it that perfect, baby. It's that good. Love it. Love it. Believe, love it. I can't believe I waited so long to get and in. I've been and get telling you, this. too. Yeah, yeah, I've been hearing a bunch of Bonnie, and when I hear clamoring, I, I'm naturally just. Yeah. I'm naturally adjusted to be like, uh, yeah. when, uh, to repel away from. You don't like buying yeah, into yeah, the I hype. Don't, I don't like. Yeah. I don't like it when everybody says something is good and like nobody says it's bad. Like it makes me feel like okay, here we go again with the bandwagon train and shit. But this great show, man. The death, the Deathstroke uh, episode they have was supposed to be like the half of a movie and shit. I thought that was super dope too. But the Harley Quinn, man, I think is not even just across cartoons. Period. One of the best cartoons ever. I echo everything you said. I mean, man, for it's like, absolutely brilliant. The then, cerebral fucking shit oh, yes. in there, man. The animation is really like cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like top notch <laughs> voice acting. It's toxic cast. as fuck, bro. That's why I'm it is, dude. It's toxic as fuck. It's everything that South Park originally was. Like, it's yeah. being controversial. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, I, 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 I categorize that in my head like Teen, Teen Titans Go meets South Park. Yeah. Meets Boondocks or some shit. Really good. Real yeah. shit. Real shit. <laughs> And Deathstroke, to give that, that's a love it, too. Like, God damn, yeah. y'all, don't sleep on the CW seed animation show Deathstroke. Um, one, all the CW seed animated movies were absolutely brilliant to begin with. This Deathstroke is the best Deathstroke origin I've seen brought out of the comics. I want to say it's better than Arrow. I want to say it's better than Titan Season 2. And I want to say it's definitely better than uh, the Teen Titans animated series. Like, this is Deathstroke, 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 motherfucker. Yeah. Like, this is goddamn Deathstroke co-sign, from the comics uh, brought to life. So, hardcore love it. Love it. Superman Red Sun, love it or snuff it. I actually love it. I know this is a point of uh, separation for some fanboys. Um, really? I love it. I love it. I'm upset. <laughs> I can't believe that. Some people are like, yeah, that's it, mad it, separates, yeah. it separates this and that and the other from the comics. It does that sometimes. Yeah. I love it. What do you expect them to do in like a buck 30 uh, running time? Like have an hour and 30 minutes. If that, like an hour and 20, I want to say. And that's up from the 70 minutes, 75 we used to get. Now we're getting close to at least an hour and a half with these bitches. And I think they really gave us a full-fledged movie, top-tier animation, some cerebral fucking uh, 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 plots, and did a good job adapting the comics and putting their own little twist on it i 100 agree and shit but for like my my from the angle i'm coming at it from like 
I read Red Sun, but it was a long time ago. It was one of those deals where, like, you read, Same, it, you, you read it on your journey of when you're first getting into Superman. You're like, I want to get into Superman. What stories do I read? Yeah. And you go burn through all the first stories and shit. And that was forever ago for me and shit. You know what I mean? So when I was watching this movie, I could recognize little things that really, I had to go look up some of the things yeah. that were different because it's been so long since I read it. You know what I mean? <laughs> My memory is shitty. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm some data bank for unlimited comic book information and shit. There's a lot in here, but I forgotten so much shit that more we're really good yeah, yeah. You know what I'm especially with the Elseworlds too like you yeah. see especially like the same thing with Kingdom Come Kingdom Come was one of those things where yeah. I first got my journey I definitely picked up Kingdom Come in the 90s but if it's an Elseworld I don't often revisit it and shit. 100% yeah. and I was bad, and that's one of the reasons I don't like Elseworld stories I always rail against them and shit because they're those one shots man yeah. you read them once and you never go back never to really them, go back to I mean? them like, I mean not to take anything away from them and shit yeah, 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 the, yeah. they'd be great stories yeah. but then they're just forgotten and the only time you hear about them or think about them again is when somebody's mentioning them and, right, you, only, exactly. and you only remember highlights from it and that's just the way it was for me so I appreciated this movie it was really well done even though there were major changes in some of the lore when I went back and looked at it and compared it and I'm going to go back and read it again and shit. Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, just yeah. for research on this for the sake of this podcast yeah. I went back and looked at some of the differences and shit and I'm like okay yeah 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 so I mean I get it as, and as someone who's always a stickler for source material accuracy and shit but as someone who respects the creative liberties you take with it if you do it well I feel like this was done well so Absolutely. I love it uh, Final Fantasy 7 demo man I know you love it man so what you gonna get a 20 out of 10? Yeah, just just sum up what you love about it, man, because I didn't Ooh, even play this. Oh, so. baby, I love your way every day. I want to be with you night and day. Yeah, yeah. God damn, that demo. Let me tell you, man, that game, that game made my nipples hard. That, that demo, man, I want to curl up next to it, make sweet tender love to it. I want to whisper sweet nothing in his ear. I would let it beat me around a little bit, and I would just tell people I ran into a doorknob. I love that fucking demo so much. It was... Um, Everything I wanted and more. We've been waiting for this. It's been announced since 2015. We're finally getting the goddamn demo to get a taste of it. I can understand some traditional fans kind of being upset that it breaks the traditional JRPG format, and I really get that. Um, I'm, I'm a turn-based kind of cat myself, but I can appreciate the action it takes. And when you can really slow down and use the active time battle menu in this, and it really does kind of slow down, it still kind of feels like a turn-based RPG. It's kind of best of both worlds. But the music, the, the nostalgia, the graphics, the, the everything, like this is going to be wonderful. My only complaint is how Square is presenting it by chopping it up in separate episodes and separate games. They're really going to milk this bitch for everything it's worth. They give it to me in a timely and cost-effective fashion. I won't bitch as much. Uh, but that's really going to be my only naysay now. And the countdown's on. So hardcore love it, love it, love it. It was fucking amazing. Hell yeah. Well, that's all we got for love it or snuff it. Let's get about it here. Well, we had some other shit planned, but we're kind of crunched for time. So we're just going to go ahead and fly through this uh, underground update we got going on. Uh Flav got dismissed by Public Enemy. Go Google that shit if it was really that important to you. It was only important to me because uh, Public Enemy is a big staple in hip-hop. Uh, they got, you know, political rap, you know, popping back in the day and shit. Really iconic in that status and shit. They stood for a lot of things They during a time where they were trying to cancel rap for real, for real, like legally and, oh, and yeah. all kinds of shit. So they were really iconic in that. And to see them splitting up like this is kind of crazy. But you kind of understand that groups don't really stay together forever. Money gets involved, drugs gets involved, shit like that or whatever. So if you really want another whole in-depth story, go ahead and drop through for that. Uh, other than that, all I had was the Jada Kiss album review, which basically... Uh, it's more of the same Jada Kiss, man. At the end of the day, overall, I'll give it 
a strong 2.75 mics out of five, uh, just based on like it had some solid production, delivered the same consistent shit that you expect from Jada Kiss these days, the gritty raps, uh, the really colorful metaphors and stuff like that. Um, it was a little mainstreamy, which is why I only rated a little bit higher than average, you know, two and a half being average out of five mics and shit. Um, just kind of a little mainstreamy sound, kind of poppy, a lot of things, but I get it because the theme of the album is dedicated to the homeboy and shit like that. So uh, it, it was, so it was a decent project, but not something I'll revisit. And uh, that's really all I got for updates in the underground. Updates in the underground. What I got, <coughs> excuse me, got that goddamn Corona coming uh, coming around the corner. Is uh, there's a couple of updates. Um, Gmo Ski. He blessed us with the beautiful fucking theme song that you hear every now, every damn time you're going to listen to our podcast. We're going to run that bitch till 2052. Um, but Word. Uh, he, he, he dropped a new single, Smash. I've been waiting for this one because he got the goddamn goat in the video. He's been trying to get this goat in the video for a long time. He was posting uh, conversations uh, he was having with this goat handler. I mean, she was like, you're not you're not going to eat it or anything, are you? And one of his followers was like, wait till, you, wait till she uh, Googles your music. You sure shit ain't going to get that goat. And that fucking killed me, but he got it, and the video is dope as shit. So check it out, Gmo Smash. Our boys Twisted, um, um, the gods of the underground themselves, released a dope ass single called "Never Change." Um, I kind of think I always kind of read into their lyrics maybe a little bit too much. Um, so I kind of think it's about this, that, and the other. I could be totally wrong. Regardless, it's a dope ass song. Amazing beats. I love what Twist is doing with these singles, releasing a single like every month or two, and then still putting out albums. I hate bands and groups and artists that just like survive just off a year of just releasing one or two songs. Twisted will release songs all goddamn year and then still give you a dope ass album and still be running a dope ass label. So check that shit out. Album review that I got was uh, Godamus. Um, he dropped another EP, uh, Distro uh, Part 3, I believe. Um, and I think they're all going to consolidate into an album in the end. If, I, if Strange is doing what I think they're doing, I, like they did last year. It's pretty dope. I give it three mics out of five. That's the way we're going with the updates and underground. I can vibe with that. Yeah, original um, source shit, you know what I mean? Keep it, I'm feeling keep it. it classic. Keep you know it classic. I mean? Some classics never go yeah, like easy. It's an easy system to go by. I'm feeling it. Um, really good, uh, consistent effort. Uh, not a lot of features on this because only four tracks. Um, not a lot of features on this one like his last one. Last one actually had Gmo on it. Um, but this is really dope. It's kind of interesting because he's uh, uh, from Seth's crew, and it's a duo. Uh, Ubiquitous put out a full-length album uh, early last year, which was absolutely amazing, and I loved. And now Godimus is doing his solo shit. So it's kind of nice seeing them, the boys get their own spotlight and shit. Uh, last thing I had was just Jelly Roll. Jelly Roll was coming out with a new album this year, or this month, uh, actually. Excuse the fuck out of me. And he dropped a new single with Tech Nine. That's absolutely amazing. I think you guys should really go uh, check that one out. I was really feeling it. Um, and that one was called Creature, I do believe. And my boy Chris Calico was on there. Chris dropped an EP, and I fucking didn't even see that shit. So I haven't got a chance to listen to it, but I'm going to listen to it and review it uh, for the next one because I love me some Chris Calico. I love the fact that he, he was going to retire from the game, but he's sticking in there. And I decided not to, and he signed back with Strange. So nothing but love to uh, Chris and everybody from the Strange Music Camp. Um, but that's, that's pretty much everything I think I had for updates and underground this time around. Hell yeah. So before we get out of here real quick, we want to announce the two contest winners that we have been dragging out for a month now. <laughs> the time has come for us to do the drawing. There weren't a whole lot of people that completed all three steps. 
which was something that was required to be entered into this drawing. So at the end of the day, there were only like eight, seven or eight people that ended up in the final drawing for this contest. So good luck to them real quick. I'm going to have Rob draw one. Okay. Then uh, he's going to take the box and shake it up, and he's going to draw one. So, uh. All right, so I just draw one, and I shake it up, and you draw one, right? Yep. All right. So the first, whoop, whoop, whoop. I'll make sure that goes back in. The first winner for the Uncommon Sense podcast is, ha, one of my friends, Kayla Crawford. That's what's up. Yeah. Dope, dope, dope. Congratulations to you, Kayla. Yes. Whoop, whoop. And the second winner of the first Uncommon Sense podcast, Stacey Delahant. Yeah. I'm sorry if I butchered your name, but congratulations to our two winners of the first contest. Uh, When you listen to this, uh, get at me, get at Rob, give me a cash app address or PayPal or something. I can just go ahead and shoot you your $50 immediately. Um, or if you just prefer like mail, money order, or whatever, we can do that too. It'd be a lot easier if you had a cash app. Though. <laughs> Absolutely. I got a new contest though. Uh, $50 Amazon gift card for any new subscriber that listened. If you came in here listening just for the Twisted interview and you actually listened the whole way through, if you pound that sub button and you email us, uh, we're going to leave our email in the subscription, you will get a $50 Amazon gift card. We're going to draw it at random, random. I'll leave this contest open for a month. Um, prove that you're a new fan. Prove that you subscribed. You can win a $50 gift card. Mm, damn, he just be doubling down on yeah, shit. We're we going him. with it. I told I'm, you we, broke, we on the street. <laughs> <laughs> I'm broke now. <laughs> but uh, shout-outs to everybody, man, that made this podcast possible. Shout-out to my wife, man, even though you, you guys hear that kind of arguing and shit like that. I let you guys in on this vulnerable moment, man. Understand we are very much in love, and this is what marriage is, bro. Like, motherfuckers fuck up, and they have to deal with insecure shit all the time, and I have to deal with the consequences of my actions. This is what men do. But I've been with this woman for 10 years. I wouldn't be with anybody else. I, I, I love my family. I would do anything for her and anything in, in that atmosphere. It's unquestioned. You know, that there's a difference between loyalty and faithfulness, which I possess both of, but we can have that discussion one day because I know women will want to argue loyalty and faithfulness are the same exact thing. But that's a podcast for a fuckboy talk another day that we didn't get to today because we're pressed for time. I'm sorry because I had some great ones. Like, like we had some shit planned, but yeah, we got. What, what, what did we lose time on? I thought we were doing good. We went down some rabbit hole, I guess. We but. went down a rabbit hole with my wife, but you know how we, yeah. you know, how we yeah, did. Yeah. And that, that was kind of just on the moment thing because we were on the OnlyFans thing, and I was like, you know what, content. And I kind of want to adjust this with her, and what a better way to do it publicly because then I can kind of hold myself to a standard, and she can hold me to a standard. It's kind of weird, kind of thing. What like I'm kind of no, fucked up it. in that. It's kind of fucked up in no, the industry because I wanted to make my case kind of publicly, kind of bring it to the public, a court of opinion. You're sacrificing yourself on the altar of in, in a way and in, the, in the public court and in their opinion. in a way of trying to show how you can get past these things in relationships in a way too, man. Because <laughs> it's like understand what's really happening here. I love. You, I'm with you. It doesn't matter what my eyes do or what goes on in my brain and all this other shit. My actions in the everyday world, like I love you. Like 
we will we have something great and we share something great if we just focus on what's great. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right, like, right. And understand that we have flaws and shit, man. Like people have this crazy I man, you about to get me started, because they have this crazy romanticized idea of love and they have this crazy idea that like love is some kind of crazy fairy tale type shit. And that's not what love it's is. It's not what bro. it is, sir. It's <laughs> not what it is. Trust that's and believe. That's not what it is, man. Trust and believe. But yeah, shout out to everybody who made this shit possible, man. Amy, Tim and the uh, Tim team in team in uh, uh Jamie Madrox man Arcane Sean Threads fucking shout out to all the up your geek writers coming up to step up to help us write man fucking Chris Nugent Michael Odin Odin mm. uh, I'm sorry if I messed your name up It's Odin son now you know what I mean and that's all I got, man. You got anything else? Uh, yeah. Don't forget like, about the vanishing still out if you want to uh, purchase or whatever. Yeah, my boy wrote a book, so check out the merchandise vanishing. coming soon. Cash Coffee wrote cups, t shirts. No, not not the book, but for I'm the still, podcast. I'm still plugging the book, goddammit. But the book is book is dope too. Um, so. book is hella dope. Um, finally ordering it tomorrow. By the way, I'm I'm the worst best friend fucking ever. Right yeah, now. Man, Don't worry, I'm, I'm going big. I'm going big. So wait till you I see. I can't wait it. to see the meme. Wait till you see. It. Well, it's be great. It's be I can't great. wait to see the meme. It's gonna be good. It's not gonna be like the toilet paper one. Um, but Jamie Madrox, if you just so happen to just uh, listen to this podcast in itself and not just the interview to make sure we didn't drag you through the mud or something, I really do want to thank you again, man. It meant the world to me to get a chance to talk to you. I think you're absolutely brilliant. You helped me through a lot of dark times in my life. It was a, it was a blessing to talk to you. So thank you for taking the time out, Amy. You were amazing to make this happen. Lamar, nothing but love, brother. We're going to take over the world. Um, Sean Threads, thanks for you for so much for everything you do. Uh, Gmo Ski, nothing but love. We're going we're going to ride with you to the end this year. Filth King. Let me tell you, uh, we're definitely going to be plugging the fifth uh, filth element. Hey, man, we got Jamie on here, so you know you got to do, uh, do a solid do an interview here soon too, man. Um, but uh, much love, random motherfucker who did our animated uh, uh, anime intro. Much love to you too. Uh, we'll figure out who the fuck you are and get you plugged up. Uh, but anybody who's been supporting us, um, we really do love you. As you guys can tell, we got some big things going on, some big things we getting planned. So anybody that especially rolled with us with the beginning, like we we know who you are, and we definitely are not going to forget. So going forward, if there's any way that we can promote any of our day oneers, your your underground hustles, your art companies, your your music ambitions, let us know, and it's going to be free love. Let us know. We'll, we'll put your shit out there. We'll try to advertise you as much as we can. I'm being dead ass serious. Get in our inbox. Anything that we can do to help you. We're definitely going to do it. And thank you for supporting us. Much love. And remember, fellas, if you decide to be with a crazy woman like the one you just heard earlier in this podcast, (laughs) be smarter than me and make sure she's at least a millionaire. I'm out. Peace. All right, what's up? This is Jamie Madrox, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, a podcast about nothing. It's the world's finest and we sliding in vaginas If you don't believe it, nigga, you can Spotify us Robert Gable Jr., he the Lex Luthor of these hoes Cassius Samuel's a pimp, you better leave your bitch at home We on the air going crazy on the daily Roasting all the bullshit that's going on lately A 80-year-old lady shot by Israelis and the Raiders Trying to contract Tom Brady We can take it anywhere, we don't have a compass It don't even matter, every topic, every subject, we gon' touch it And y'all gon' love it So welcome to Uncommon Sense, a podcast about nothing.